is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Red Belt Report the monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm also the host, Brooks Fallon. No, no, no. I'm the host, Bob (laughs) Fallon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we're back after another UFC pay-per-view, which was UFC 209, just happened this past weekend in Las Vegas was uh, headlined by Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson. So we're going to talk about that, and we'll talk about the other cards that happened in between now and our last episode. Going over some news, previewing the cards coming up, and going over our top five welterweights of all time in honor of the welterweight title fight. So how you been, buddy? Uh, Not bad, not bad. I'm waiting for this cards to get better and more often. Yeah, it's an interesting time right now. We had that influx of great cards at the tail end of 2016 and really paying for it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of, this is probably the first and only time you'll hear me say this, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the new Tough because I hear it's a little, it's been pretty contentious between the two. <laughs> yeah, there's that Cody. picture of uh, Cody choking Shoot. choking uh, TJ. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It doesn't look like it's very light either. It wasn't a love tap. <laughs> no. Seems pretty cool. Um, we'll get into that in the news. But, uh, yeah, uh, before we get into the cards, I'd like to mention we did a video game podcast for anyone that is interested. We're going to start doing those once a month on the Redbox Report feed. So, uh, yeah, I thought the first one turned out pretty good. Brooks is on there. Brooks will be a co-host on those podcasts as well as his brother and my co-host on the movie podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was a good change of pace. I was, uh, didn't know what I was going to talk about at first when I first came up with the idea, but it, it went smoother. Yeah, and we'll we'll get some more ideas as we go along. Pack them in, get some guests on there. It'll be fun. But uh, yeah, it's like kind of like incentive to play different games too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will talk about the UFC game that I bought on the next episode. So there's your incentive, people. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so UFC 209 started off on the wrong foot the day before at the weigh-ins, obviously, when uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov unfortunately missed weight because he couldn't show up to weigh-ins. Didn't even try. He uh, had to be taken to the hospital while he was trying to cut weight, and the uh, yeah. fight was canceled. And uh, that was a real bummer, because that was like the fight I was really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I mean, they've tried to put that fight together how many times? And that was the third time. Yeah, every time falls apart. Yeah. First was Khabib, then it was Tony, then it's Khabib again. Yeah. So, yeah, that yeah. was a real buzzkill because that was, like, my main event of the night right there. Yeah, it, was, it, it sucked to hear. And apparently I heard he got, I think, within six pounds. And Dana White was pretty pissed, which seemed, it makes a lot of sense. Like, this, happened, this has definitely happened before. 
and apparently like could be even his managers they didn't contact the ufc or their doctors or anything they just went to a hospital so dana white said like if they would have contacted they could have you know worked something out to save the fight at least you know what i mean yeah i guess Which i don't know if it, that's a good thing or not like because from the sounds of that it wouldn't have really been it, it would have been like the anthony pettis max holloway fight i guess yeah exactly and well i guess what is this thing now they can give people ivs if they need it because overeem was given an iv before his fight because he had food poisoning yeah yeah but uh yeah i don't know it's unfortunate but it's really it's it's on khabib he uh they should have managed his weight cut better he's missed weight before I don't know. He's not quite in Johnny Hendricks' territory for me, but I don't know, man. He just can't stay healthy, can't get into the cage enough. Yeah, apparently. Um, I, I think Dana White said he doesn't even know if he's sure of his future at Lightweed, so I don't know. Dana White says that a lot. Man. Yeah, he, he says that a lot. But, uh, yeah, man, that, that really sucked. And they were going to try to get Ferguson to fight Michael Johnson instead at the last second. But they were asking him to take a pay cut and for it to not be for the interim title. So, if, I don't understand. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, what sense is that? Make? Why would he accept that? Yeah. He put all that on the line for nothing, basically. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, you think they're going to try to remake it for a fourth time? <laughs> and I, I assume it's going to be for the interim title again, which is crazy. I think they should just give Khabib a break. Send him back down the ladder a little bit, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's got his holidays coming up where he's got a fast so he can't really train or whatever. I mean, So it's like months out of the year where he can't compete, and it's like, I don't know. It's not good for his career, that's for sure. Because if, he, if they do finally make the match and he wins, there's no way Conor McGregor is going to fight him. He's, yeah. He was already saying he's a pull-out merchant before this. There's like, there's no way. He's pulled out of like five or six fights. He's got to go back and prove that he can, like he's, and even then it might be too late at this point. He might never get a Conor McGregor fight because of this, but he, uh, he's got to prove that he can be announced for a card and make it into the cage at least a couple times in a row. Yeah. I mean, I think he has even expressed doubt about that where his last series string of injuries had happened. He was considering retiring. I think he said that. Yeah, and his father says he's going to retire when he's 30, and he's 28 right now, so I don't this know. Crazy. A lot of weird stuff going on with Khabib. I mean, tremendous talent, obviously, undefeated, dominant in most of his fights. It's just a shame. It's a real shame he can't stay healthy and and can't get his shit together. But Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not too upset about it. He's, I mean, he's dominant, but it's, it's like a Jake Shield, John Fitch kind of fighter with a little bit more ground pound but yeah or gsp even i guess you can yeah, say GSP, yeah um yeah he's a talented guy i appreciate watching dominance but it's not the most entertaining fighter in the world for sure yeah style yeah i think tell me what you think of this you keep ferguson in the interim title fight get him in there in the next card or two or sometime soon ready here's how they sell a fucking pay-per-view <laughs> Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz for the interim title fuck yeah I mean Definitely. stylistically those guys are pretty similar 
Yeah. And you know they're going to talk shit. They're going to sell oh. that the, the hell out of that. And that's what Connor wants. He wants to fight. I think he wants to fight either Ferguson or Nate Diaz part three for his next t- or his first title defense. Yeah. So it's almost win-win all around. Nate Diaz clearly got some shine from his fights with Connor. I think he could be a a real good pay-per-view seller. That'd be a hell of an enter- entertaining fight in and out of the cage. So that's what I want to see. Not sure if Nate or Nick are ever going to accept a fight again. But. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's Nick keeps saying how he wants to fight. Like he tweeted like about the, this past title fight, whack ass fights. Let me fight Tyrone or whatever. Like, but he won't fucking say yes to a fight. Yeah, then they offer him Woodley, and he returned yeah. it down. So that doesn't make a doesn't ton make of sense. any sense. They're all talk. Which they, I mean, I like the, the Diaz brothers. But yeah, love those guys. They fucking won't take fights anymore. I get it. That they want, they were holding out for money. Now they got the money, and they still won't fucking take the fights. When the when they run out of money, they'll take another fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's. It, I'm be interested to see if this tactic of theirs will work out for them or not. Like, I, I don't see how it can. I mean, Nate Diaz has already sat out years of his career. I mean, what you could say is a good thing. Is he didn't take doesn't take so much punishment because he does tend to take punishment. But yeah, I mean, he's taking years off disputing with the UFC over and over again. And he finally hit a winning streak here where he got a shitload of money to fight Conor. Like, if, when he fought Michael Johnson and called out Conor McGregor, if you would have told me he was going to be fighting him, I'd say you're fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. No way. Especially not for millions of dollars. Well, he was getting, like, 30 and 30 or something. Yeah, exactly. I think it was actually... I think it was actually 15 and 15. It was something crazy. I, I might be wrong about that, but... Yeah, it was not much. It's like a shocking number when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if I was him, I'd be, like, trying to capitalize right now while the UFC has no other draws. Like, he could really, really make, like, get up to that an- another level. Maybe yeah, not Connor level, but, like, maybe 800,000 pay-per-view buy level, something like that. Yeah, or even maybe even higher with the surge. He definitely has a lot more popularity mainstream-wise. Yeah. Nowadays, he's going on some talk shows and stuff, but... Um, I mean, like, he, he's definitely got leverage he could use at this point. Like you said, they need draws, and you can tell because they did all that shit with GSP, and then finally they gave in a little bit and gave him more money than they were willing to. That's what GSP says anyway. Yeah, I mean, if I was Nate Diaz, I'd be campaigning for a fight against Eddie Alvarez, against Tony Ferguson. Maybe. So they offered him Eddie Alvarez, and he yeah, said no. it's crazy. Like, that's an awesome fight. I think he's the favorite in that fight. Yeah. Um, like obviously, I wouldn't take a fight against Khabib if I was him because there's no upside there. But like a guy I with a, he, a good style matchup for him. Yeah, I think he would work Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, he's Eddie. That, it's like that perfect fight where he could just pull him up with that boxing he's got. Yeah, or even a Donald Cerrone rematch if he wants to stay at welterweight. Like Robbie Lawler fight. If Nick doesn't want to fight him, he should fight him. Uh, I don't know. I think. I'd like to see him get in there. He's an entertaining fighter to watch for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing you have to deal with. Just that fine line where, like, he's fighting at welterweight, but he doesn't want to take these fights because that's his brother's fight. But his brother sure shouldn't take them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what the hell? I guess we should get to the fight that actually went down. I guess, <laughs> if you can call it a fight. <laughs> yeah. Tyron Woodley defeats Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by not even split decision, majority decision. 48-47, yeah. 
48-47. Um, what did you think of the fight? Uh, <laughs> I'm cringing. I'm moving away from the mic. And uh, who did you score it for? I definitely scored it for Stephen Thompson. I thought it was 3-1 to one after four rounds. I thought for sure he had it in the bag. And even with the bullshit 10-8 that the one judge gave Tyron Woodley in the fifth round, it should have still been a draw if you want to take it there. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, it wasn't an exciting fight. Stephen Thompson didn't do a whole lot. I, you're not gonna. I can't argue that. But neither did Tyron Woodley. And Tyron Woodley was one on the outside, circling away from Stephen Thompson. Yeah. See, hot, hot take, not hot take alert, but uh, I think this was the worst title fight I've ever seen in my life. I, I wouldn't say that. I would. I would say like Anderson Silva, Damian Maya, and I've like that. I've thought were, about were, that. But at least there, Anderson's a spectacle when he's doing that shit. Yeah. This was no spectacle. And I'm coming in. Coming it up really to, wasn't back then. But. I mean, but there's still, it was so weird. Like, yeah. you're at least like, what the hell's going on? What's he doing? Here, I'm just yeah. like, throw a punch. Like, I I was so pumped up for this fight. I, uh, I'm t- when they're getting, walking down the cage, when the fight is first starting, like, I was at that main event level. Like this is like a really big fight that I was looking forward to, and it starts out the way it starts out. Minute or two in, I'm like, yeah. Sometimes even the best fights start out slow as they're feeling each other out. Yeah. But when it gets into the third round and they've thrown a combined nine significant strikes, that's insane. Like this, they literally did nothing. The only action was when Woodley took him down for two minutes in the third. And in the last 30 seconds of the fifth. Yeah. Now, I mean, it was a five-round fight, so this could happen, but I saw stats where it said uh, um, Tyron Woodley landed like 70-some significant strikes. Where the fuck did they come up with that? I guess, I mean, he was throwing... I want another definition of a significant strike. I, yeah. He was throwing punches to the chest. Didn't seem like they were really hurting or anything like that, but... Yeah. Uh, see... And this is why I was never a fan of Tyron Woodley. This kind of like reinforced like, yeah, okay, this was why I didn't like him because this is how he fought against Rory McDonald. This is how he fought against Kelvin Gastelum. Like the he it's it's so frustrating cuz this guy is like he really could be one of the best welterweights of all time if he got his head out of his ass because he's so strong he has such a strong punch like he can knock anyone out he's a good wrestler like he has all the tools to be like a dominant like exciting fighter and he just never throws it's so frustrating really reminiscent of like johnny Hendricks. a little different but it's pretty similar to like like uh johnny Hendricks would just stick his head in between somebody's leg and hold him against the fence yeah where tyron woodley's just hesitant as possibly can be yeah i thought he turned a corner by knocking out robbie lawler and putting on a hell of a show against thompson the first time yeah but i don't know like both guys and it's thompson is not innocent either like (laughs) that was bullshit on his part too yeah he was real hesitant i mean you could tell he did not want to be taken down he was not throwing kicks like he normally does they both had like the same strategy of countering each other and then neither of them threw a punch but I thought Thompson clearly clears day one rounds one, two, and four. Yeah. And 
Woodley clearly won three and five. It seems like a clear-cut decision for me. But it's hard for me to be too upset that Woodley got the win because the f- just it should have just stripped Woodley of the belt and gave him both a loss, for my, in my opinion. Like, yeah, right. Like, Two draws in a row. See ya. It's like I would say it is a robbery because I think it's clear. Like the the worst you could possibly have it is a draw, and I didn't even think the fifth round was a ten eight because it was only for thirty seconds and it didn't really come that back close up before the fight was over. So yeah, it wasn't that close to finishing it. Yeah. He was losing the round to that point, so yeah, I don't. Yeah, how does it just change with a ten eight? It doesn't make any sense. It's a robbery, but it's hard to get too upset when both guys perform so lacklusterly. <laughs> now, I could be wrong here. I probably should look this up, but I'm just going to say it anyhow. I'm pretty sure I saw the scorecard, and I think two of the three judges gave Tyron Woodley rounds two and three. Yeah, that's right. No, not two and three. Two, four, and five. No, yeah, two, three, and five. Yeah. What the, <laughs> that is fucking horseshit. I mean, clearly these rounds are close, because it's like no strikes being thrown. But if... If anything, it should be like 10-10 rounds because neither guy's doing anything, but there's no such yeah. thing as 10-10 rounds basically in this sport. And, and the fact that- if it's tied, you're supposed to go by who's dictating the fight, who has a octagon control, right? So, yeah, And that I was, was like, clearly Thompson. I've heard some people mention like the new rules. Uh, Nevada has not enacted those rules so that damage or the ground of fire rule or whatever, that has no effect in this fight at yeah. all. And the more lenient 10-8s or whatever, right? Yeah. And so it should be judged by octagon control and, you know, this is how it always has been. Must, uh, 10-point must school, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's no different. So, like, I've heard people, like, trying to argue that Tyron Woodley did more damage or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, it's still scored the same way it's always been. Yeah, exactly. And... And yeah, Woodley did have the bigger moments for sure. He's he hit him the hardest. He had the hardest hit of the fight, and he took him down. I had a good takedown, but he didn't really do much when he had him there. Yeah, but they were that was just like a small right piece of a round where for the majority of the round he was not doing that. You know, yeah, I mean? enough to win that round, but that's only two out of five. Yeah, I really don't understand how these judges came to this conclusion, but it is what it is. Like but also the fact that Bob Bennett, the uh, head of Nevada State Athletic Commission, comes to the press conference to justify the scoring. Like, yeah. That, that's how you know it's something's fucking fishy there. Yeah, not a good sign. No. But he, I'm pretty sure he even said they made an error scoring the, the fight. I forgot what I think it was. He said the 10-8 should not have been a 10-8. Yeah. Yeah, which is true. But it really should have ended in a draw. <laughs> That would have been yeah, fitting. Worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Thompson get back on the horse. I do not want to see these two ever fight again. Um, or at least not unless yet, there's yeah. no other options because, I mean, I wanted to see this rematch. I hate to say it, like, at the time. Because their first, I mean, why wouldn't you? first, first fight was, was so awesome. good. Yeah. And I did not expect this, but I guess we should have gave Damian Maia his title shot after all. Yeah, right. He does deserve it. The good thing is, I don't think this destroys like the division or anything. It's not so catastrophic that welterweight's in trouble long term or anything. Because still a lot of really good challengers here. GSP could come back after his fight with Bisbing. You got Robbie Lawler, Donald Cerrone, Damian Maya. It's still a stacked division. 
plenty of good fights for uh, Thompson to to take. I think what he's got to do is he's got to fight guys like Neil Magny, Donald Cerrone, Robbie Lawler, guys that are going to put push him a little bit so that <laughs> he actually is uh, striking more. Yeah. Like his. Well, who's that? Thompson or Thompson? Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Um, match him up good, and if he wins a fighter, he's basically just got to keep winning fights until Woodley loses the title, and then he'll get an immediate title shot again. Yeah, it's like, unless he loses or something, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't look at this fight as, like, a bad style matchup to make a boring fight. No. But, I mean, the, I guess the both ways, the camps went for both fighters. They, like you said, they both had the counter, they just wanted to counter each other, and Thompson definitely did not want to be taken down. That was very clear, and Woodley was very... Uh, tentative and didn't want to get caught with like a sneak kick or something i guess yeah yeah exactly basically what i'm saying is thompson despite having a draw and a loss in his last two fights his stock has not dropped for me at all like yeah still the same fighter he should have won this one the other one he showed toughness by forcing the draw like (laughs) the only reason he's not champion is because it's woodley so he's just got to try and hold serve if he can he shouldn't be too down on himself. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely pretty upset after the fight, which he should be, but definitely, like you said, definitely shouldn't get down on himself or anything. I definitely, he could go in there, his next fight is like a main event on a fight night or something, and have another spectacular performance oh, like yeah. he had before this title, these title fights, and he'd be right back up there. Yeah. I don't think Tyron Woodley's going to be the champion all that long. I don't either. But I, just I do really think, like... They'll never put him on a main event of a pay-per-view again. He's either going to be co-main event of a pay-per-view or like a main event of a Fox Sports 1 or a Fox card. Oh, yeah, especially not the way him and Dana White are getting along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're bashing heads a bit. Yeah. But who would you like to see fight for the title next? Because if you think about it, it should be Damian Maya, but he's, he's, booked, yeah. he's booked in May against Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Robbie Lawler coming off a loss to Woodley. Donald Cerrone coming off a loss to Masvidal. So it's like he's going to have to sit on the shelf, I guess, and wait for the winner of Meyer and Masvidal because GSP's tied up with Bisbing. Yeah, There's really no other def- option. Yeah, it definitely sucks having Meyer tied up now. Um, I wonder if they're regretting that. The only that. thing I could say is like the way he fights, maybe he'll, he'll uh, dismantle Masvidal real quick with the submission and be able to take a title fight in midsummer. Yeah, true. Cause he, that's like the best case scenario. He tends not to get hurt in his fights. Like yeah. I think literally in his last three fights, he's had three significant strikes land on him. Something crazy like that. Yeah. I mean, the way the USC's matchmaking lately with these all these surprise fights, like the GSP announcement, like I wouldn't be surprised to hear like a Nick Diaz step in and fight for the title yeah, next. Yeah, actually, that's like the only person I can see like legitimately being able to step over Maya at this point. Yeah, at least while Maya's tied up, that kind of yeah. makes sense. It, I mean, it's not deserving at all. No, but I'd watch the hell out of that. I'd be yeah. rooting for Nick hardcore. Um, and I guess maybe if they want to do the Condit rematch, even though he's coming off a loss. Two losses in a row. <laughs> yeah. Who, Nick Diaz and Carlos? No, Woodley and Condit. Oh, uh, Woodley, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't see that happening. That especially. wouldn't make sense either. But, I mean, that's like the only other guy in the top ten who's 
coming, you know, it's, it's like eligible. Anywhere near, yeah. yeah. But I'd, I don't even think Carlos Conde would take the fight because I don't think his head's, his head's there. I think yeah. his confidence is really beat up after that Maya fight. Yeah, that's true. He's got to, he's either going to retire or have to kind of go down the ladder a little bit just to get some confidence. Yeah, I hope he takes a fight like a Gunnar Nelson or something like that. Oh, that might be a bad matchup. You think so? His takedown defense, like that's their only weakness in his game. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I love Carlos Condit. I hope he fights till he's eighty. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess that's enough for this main event. It really sucked because I was really looking forward to this card, and then it fell apart very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these UFC rankings, and they're fucking ape shit. Well, yeah, they just like change it depending on who's coming up next. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Not like ours. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta be updated. <laughs> yeah, they do. We might have to transition to do it like like every quarter or something. Cause yeah. like I, I updated these... mine. Nothing yeah. changed for me except for I took someone out of 15 spot in one division and put someone else in. Yeah. Like, yeah, like these. I I think the UFC rankings get changed like the Monday after an event. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. But it's like all these changes. People that didn't even fight. Yeah, that makes no sense. How does this happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I guess before we move on to the rest of the card, I wanted to say like this event made me think about what makes a great pay per view event. Because uh. I thought that this. This whole card was great. Like every fight, almost almost every fight leading up to the main event was either good to great. And then, of yeah. course, it laid an egg at the, at the top. And now I think of it as a bad pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, that definitely can turn it that way. Whereas, Especially when it's like a high, uh, like an anticipated main event. Yeah, it's just weird how sometimes, sometimes the main event won't be that great, but... The rest of the card was enough to make you still think fondly of it. I'm thinking of the the card that Demetrius Johnson headlined against Cejudo, I think it was, or yeah, or John no John Jones versus um, OSP. Like that main event wasn't great, but the rest of the card was. Yeah. And then there's fights. I mean, there's cards where the prelims are just meh, whatever, ho hum. But then like the co-main event and main event will be awesome, and that that's all that matters. Yeah, isn't it? It depends on like how exciting a fight gets or how crazy something gets, where it gets the whole place up in an uproar. Like that can just change the atmosphere of a card. Yeah, it's almost like a momentum. Like you, you'd rather start bad and slowly get better as it goes on, because it's yeah. like most of the time the last thing you remember is what you're going to hold on to. Yeah, definitely. But. Yeah, so let's get to the rest of the card. Uh, co-main event, random-ass co-main event. Yeah. David Tamor versus Lando Venata. Uh, Tamor won by unanimous decision, 30-27s across the board. I thought this was an awesome, awesome fight. Both of these guys are, like, legit prospects, and I think they both have a chance to be, like, top 10, 15 fighters uh, moving forward. Both young guys. Yeah. Taymor is a kickboxer. He's got a kickboxing background. Lando, obviously, coming off that incredible knockout. I thought it was closer than 30-27 scorecards um, signify. But uh, what would you think of this? 
Uh, I didn't see the whole fight, but um, I was, I, I just because now it was coming off that knockout, I was a little high on him. Um, I don't know much about David, really anything about David Tamor, so I was expecting Venata to come in and kind of dominate. But yeah, me too. That's not how it went. Yeah, um, I hadn't seen Tamor fight before, and I was very, very impressed. I don't really, even though Landers and have one and two. I mean, obviously the one is against Tony Ferguson at the last minute with short notice, and he almost beat him. And then this one was a pretty close competitive fight, so I don't think he's got anything to be too ashamed of. And apparently, like, he's been fighting at lightweight. Apparently he's a natural featherweight. Uh, Yeah, he looks kind of small. So maybe he'll head down to that weight class and give it a go. But, man, this Tamor guy, like, I I think he's he's just that good. He even was taking Venata down at times when... He's the kickboxing guy who's it was like supposed to be his weakness was his wrestling. So yeah, yeah. Was like, how was the first two rounds go? They were just kind of like was like, he taking down? No, it was definitely stand up first two rounds. It was wasn't until like the third round when he started mixing that in. Oh, okay. But uh, I, I thought I had it tied at one one going into the third round. I thought like that was a make or break round. Uh, it was just like both guys cracking each other back and forth, had good shins and. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a, like a fun stand-up fight. I, I'm Taymor's definitely on my radar now, so good yeah. on him. Definitely got a uh, nice gift there from UFC throwing him on the co-main. Yeah, yeah, some nice spotlight, especially with the way the main event goes. Like he is the star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next card, next fight down. We have Daniel Kelly defeating Rashad Evans, making his middleweight debut with a split decision. Yeah, Daniel Dad Bob Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Um this Versus was, Rashad uh, looks totally different. Evans. Dude, you look good, dude. I don't know why yeah. you just said did twice like uh <laughs> so I forgot. Uh like yeah. just his body just looked way different. Yeah, yeah. I think this is where he should have been for a while now, actually. Yeah. Um I thought he actually looked good enough like that I'd, I I wanna see him keep fighting at this weight class if he, as long as he wants to. Like, I think this is the best he's looked, not just, like, physically, but inside the cage, too. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Kelly is a tough guy. Yeah, he's a uh, long judo career. Six and one in the UFC, four-fight win streak now. Like, he's he, he doesn't look the part, but, I mean, he's clearly no joke. And, um, yeah, I don't think I don't, he's, like, a title contender. No, but... he's 39 years old. He's all yeah. broken down. Like, I mean, good for him, maybe... Just keep chipping away and see what happens. Like hang around in the top ten or so. Yeah, I, he yeah he definitely could crack the top fifteen soon. But yeah, yeah Evans, I didn't have him winning the fight, but I thought he was going to win the fight. Yeah, I definitely did too. I, I didn't. thought the judges were going to like I had it narrow. It was super close. I couldn't argue either way. But I had it for Kelly just barely. Thought he did yeah. just enough, and the judges obviously agreed for the most part. But yeah, I'd like to see Evans stay stick around here. Maybe fight Derek Brunson in the next fight. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Both coming off losses. Uh, I think that might be a tougher fight than Daniel Kelly, but it's a shame Tim Kennedy retired because that, maybe that fight could have actually happened and been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so bad in this last fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. But yeah. Yeah, I think Derek Brunson that would be a tough fight for Rashad. Whitaker's fighting Souza. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. So I don't know what about Daniel Kelly. The dude is like 
putting it together. He he deserves a big a big step up after this. Yeah, maybe like uh, Uriah Hall or something like that. Oh my God, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I'll take any opportunity to see Uriah Hall lose. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's crazy. Guy should be like top of the line as far as uh, athletes go, and he just finds ways to lose. Yeah, he's a fucking head case, that's for sure. I say Daniel Kelly gets the next shot at Bisbing after GSP. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the way things are going. <laughs> All right. Uh, the old Romero gets cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Signs with some random Russian organization. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo, or Calvillo defeated Amanda Bobby Cooper by first-round submission. It made quick work. Yeah. Her UFC debut for a strawweight women's fighter – at a team alpha male on the main card. Yeah, I got thrown Pretty on crazy. <laughs> and uh, Amanda Cooper was uh, a finalist on Tough a season or two ago. And this is. She just got dominated on the ground. Yeah. Uh, this Cynthia girl was pretty impressive. This was a fun fight, even though I really hadn't seen either of these people fight because I didn't really watch Tough that season. But uh, that was impressive. She kind of did this crazy barrel roll type thing into a a submission and uh, took care of business. So Yeah, rear naked joke. Yeah, someone to keep an eye on in this upstart division, for sure. Yeah, it's strawweights coming up. Yeah, it's by far the most exciting division in women's MMA. Yeah, for sure. At least in the UFC. Um, Alright, so Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt was the opener of the pay-per-view and hell of a fight, man. Yeah, awesome, awesome fight. Overeem knocks him out in the third round after really coming into fire in the early rounds here and there. Yeah. I mean, it was clear. I still think Overeem was winning the rounds, first yeah. few rounds, but there were times when he was getting popped and looked like he was just going to fold up shop, which is typical of him. Yeah, definitely. I was surprised. I mean, Mark Hunt looked good, I thought. I was. I didn't know what to think with him coming off of this bullshit and stuff that he's been dealing with, with the UFC and, like, the fight started off, he was throwing some hard kicks at Overeem, which surprised me. Yeah. But uh, he split his shin wide open. I think that was on like a checked kick or maybe an elbow. Yeah, and then he, or something. they said it was broken, but it turned out it wasn't. But yeah. still, it was obviously hurt pretty bad. Yeah. And, man, those were some nasty, nasty knees that knocked oh, him out. I would not. That's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to faceplant Mark Hunt like that, that was crazy. Yeah, that's... That is great. I mean, that's impressive. Overeem's been on a roll lately. Um, yeah. I don't know if he... I don't think he deserves another title shot right away, but maybe he steps in for uh, Ben Rothwell to fight Fabricio Verdum in a couple months. Yeah, that makes sense if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, what's next for Mark Hunt? <laughs> I don't think he can throw anything his way. He might, I don't be, think, he might never fight in the UFC again. He made $750,000. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. They both did. Crazy. Yeah. And they he's, both made seven fifty. He's complaining. Uh, yeah, he's bitching the money to get all, all Brock Lesnar's money. Yeah. I is, he made a lot of money on that fight, too. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I kind of don't even care anymore at this point. Yeah, but, like, all his talk, like, they forced me into taking this fight. I have to feed my kids and shit. He made it like a half million dollars in his last fight. Yep. 
and they signed a contract for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to fight Alistair Overeem. Yeah, they really fucking forced you to take that fight, huh? Yeah. They're not treating you all that good. They're Twist. paying you more than the champions of other divisions. Twisting your leg there. It's crazy. The dumbest thing is because he, I think I've said this before, but he's like, I know they're cheating. I don't care. I'm going to knock him out anyway. Yeah, he said that like a day before the Brock Lesnar fight. He said he knows he's on steroids. Then it turns out he is on steroids and he goes ape shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I guess uh, let's move along to the prelims. We got, there's a couple pretty crazy fights here. Uh, Darren Elkins comes back to win against Mirsad Bektic. Insane third round knockout after yeah. getting just demolished in the. First uh, he round. was getting fucked up. His face was brutalized. Yeah, and uh, yeah, not much to say. I mean, Bektich is a big time prospect. Was undefeated, twelve and zero or eleven and zero or something like that. Looking great, and continued to look great at the beginning of this fight. Looked like he was going to either TKO or win a clear decision here, and kind of gassed a little bit. Got sloppy and paid for it which elkins is like this tough wrestler guy i didn't know he could could even knock anyone out yeah it was uh it was definitely had to be guessed they were like leaning up against the fence and he was just throwing some like sideways punches which they look pretty hard at his face and you could tell he rocked him and they threw that head kick when he was like half bent down kind of reminded me of like what uh cerrone did i think the rick story yeah yeah i mean kind of but and so he gr- hit him with that uh, head kick, and he just flopped over. Great reaction, too. Yeah. <laughs> just jubilation. Yeah, it was like Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Bektich, I mean, still clearly the better fighter here. I think he just he learned a lesson right there, and that's, I don't know, don't gas out or finish yeah. the job if you can. Hands up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I still like his future, and I still don't think Elkins will be anything too special, but... Yeah, pretty cool moment though. Yeah, definitely got lucky. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, the doctor almost could have stopped that fight. His face was so badly beaten. Yeah, the cut on the side of his head was just nasty. Yeah. And a very similar fight happened right before that, where Luke Sanders, who's like a kind of up and coming prospect guy uh, at bantamweight division, was fighting Yuri Alcantara, who's been pretty good. He's been a tough guy. He's won some some big fights, but just never really put it all together and Sanders coming out piecing him up a little bit looked like he's going to win a decision or or even get a late stoppage but last second Alcantara rolls into a uh, yeah, knee bar rolling that sick knee bar and just submitted him <laughs> there's nothing Sanders could do at that point you yeah, could tell he was like ACL he could just you could tell it was like the weirdest tap he's like nonchalant like he just there's he knew there was nothing he could do. Yeah. It wasn't even like he was in pain yet. He was just like, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, it was once you're in in that tight, there's not much that's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. So big win for Alcantara. Sucks for Sanders, but hopefully he gets right back out there on the horse. The last fight I want to talk about on two and nine was this fight against these two prospects, Tyson Pedro and Paul Craig. Pedro coming off his knockout of Khalil Roundtree. Looked great again. He uh, ran right through Paul Craig. Uh, this guy is like, I hadn't even heard of him until the Roundtree fight, but dude's a beast. Yeah, definitely. I didn't see the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, take my word on it. 
What, but, uh, uh, was it one round? Yeah, first round knockout. But, alright, so we can move on to Bellator. Had a couple events. First, the most recent one was 174, where Julia Budd defeated Marlis Conan by fourth round TKO to win the first ever Bellator Women's Featherweight Champion. Wow. And Conan announced her retirement after the fight. Did she? Yeah. She had a good, good career. Fun. You know, she was strike force champ. Yeah. I mean, she's been yeah, I liked her. So, I don't. I didn't see the fight, but... I didn't even know the card was happening. <laughs> That's Bellator for you. Yeah. But uh, good on Julia Budd, I guess. Yeah. I don't didn't she lose to... Uh... What is that crazy girl's name? Cyborg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has. Yeah. <laughs> or they will. Up. Everyone has or will. If she ever fights again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the week before, Liam McGarry defeated Brett McDermott by a second round TKO. That was a no-brainer. It was like the third opponent he was supposed to face. They kept dropping out and putting someone else in. And, Why does that sound familiar? You might recognize him. He had a beard. Uh, uh, he had a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Liam just ran right through him. It was no problem. But, I mean, it's not like he was fighting anyone of note. So I feel like I'm thinking of the black guy that fought Fade when I got knocked out. Nah, this is like as white as white could get. Uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name? Oh, Brett Rogers. Yeah, Brett Rogers. Yeah. Uh, and Bellator 172, Fedor versus Matt Mitrione. Oh, it was epic. Oh, wait, it was another Khabib situation. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Mitrione had to pee out a uh, kidney stone. Oh, it sucked. I was no. so looking forward to seeing Fedor fight. Yeah, man, that's that was really unfortunate. It was going to be the first Bellator card I watched in a while, and I ended up skipping it because of this. Yep, me too. I mean, at first I was pissed off, like, Mitrione, you pussy, like, yeah. could have fought through it. Hearing everything afterwards, no, nah, it just was unfortunate timing. <laughs> like, yeah, well, kidney stones are like one of the most god awful things that can happen to a human being. And when you're about to fight and can't take any, can't even take Tylenol, yeah. that must have been horrendous. Yeah, that's no joke. So I feel bad for Mitrione. I'm glad they're going to try to remake the fight. Yeah. But I was also kind of frustrated that they couldn't find a, a replacement. Like, yeah. you have another heavyweight fight there. Czech Hunger versus Oli Thompson. Uh, Chael Sonnen said he volunteered to step in. I think Fedor turned it down. Fedor turned him down, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Last second like that, the way he's looked recently. Like, yeah. he probably trained for Mitrion and wanted to stick to that. It's hard to blame him, but in the moment, I was like, come on, I want to watch Fedor fight. Yeah, how crazy would it have been to see Chelsea and fight Fedor? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that would have been crazy. Oh, you would have got wrecked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what did happen was Patricky Pitbull knocked out Josh Thompson by a vicious second-round knockout. Yeah, that's... See the highlights? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It couldn't have gone any worse. The Fedor fight fell out, and then the hometown hero of San Jose, Josh Thompson, yeah, knocked out. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, Patricky has been... Oh, voice cracked because I have a cold <laughs> right now. Patricky has been on, like, a roll with these nasty knockouts recently. Um, yeah. I always get him and his brother mixed up. I can't keep track of the two of them. I always thought Patricio was the better guy, but, I mean... 
Picture like the same exact name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even the same nickname. It's yeah, it's like crazy. how are you supposed to tell each other apart? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Patrick he just lost to Michael Chandler, so it's not like he's going to get another title shot right away. Yeah. Although Patricio Pitbull is fighting Daniel Strauss. For the fourth time in that title <laughs> fight. Like, that's just Bellator right there. Right. You know, the yeah. one, side note, the thing I like about Bellator, they put out these little highlight clips after their events where it's like the highlights of the main card, right? Where they, they yeah. show the finishes and they show the highlights of a fight goes the distance. I really, I really enjoy that. It's a nice way for me to, you know, keep track of what's going on without having to watch the whole card. Yeah, and the UFC won't show finishes or anything no, like that. No, they definitely will not. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, uh, what needs to happen is World Series of Fighting needs to like finally fold up and Bellator can take on at least a few new fighters. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't hurt. I, mean, yeah, I don't see any way World Series of Fighting is not going to fold. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. They're losing like, all of their big name fighters. Yeah. David Branch just signed with the UFC. I think Marlon Marais. Marias is like right on the cusp of signing with them, and yeah. Justin Gaethje's probably not far behind. So yeah, plus I think John Fitch retired or Jake Shields retired. Something I don't know. John Fitch is going to retire. Jake Shields that was the last fight of his contract. I don't think he wants any parts of them anymore. Yeah. After they messed with him so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't see how they could. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Keep going. That thing. Plus Ali Ali Abuziz or whatever his yeah, name all is. All kinds of crazy shit. Oh, he left. Yeah, he was like running that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he left the focus to be man, uh, more the manager side of things. Oh, wow. He manages like Khabib and a bunch of fighters. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's insane that they even got to thirty-five events. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't ever hear about them or anything. Yeah, they the don't events even make like they in, don't like, make any of the websites. <laughs> their events are in like YMCA's and yeah, high school gyms. But back to Bellator. Chet Congo did fight Ollie Thompson to a dominant but incredibly boring decision by all accounts. Uh, that's Chet Congo going to Chet Congo. Right. Oh, I did see this highlight. Mauricio Alonso knocked out Josh Koscheck in the first round. Ooh. So Koscheck finally made his Bellator debut and. Not got, against Paul Daly. Nope. <laughs> got. <laughs> Absolutely knocked unconscious. The guy needed to retire for sure. Yeah. No offense. Wait, weren't they on the same? Wasn't Paul Daly on this card? No, he's on the one we talked about last episode. Uh, and he uh, did a flying knee knockout against some guy. I feel like they had them scheduled on like the same card at one point. Yep. Well, first they were scheduled to fight each other. Then they uh, were they? scheduled to fight to, together on the same card. Something yeah, like that. Not against each other. Yeah. yeah like, something weird. Sense. Yeah. So, I mean, the way Bellator markets, you think they would definitely go after that fight. They were stupid. Like, that should have... You can't trust Josh Koscheck to win a fight. Should have yeah. just made it immediately, but... Uh, oh, well. Now Daly's fighting Rory McDonald in May, so... Yeah. When May, really? Yeah. May 29th? Some, I don't know. It's like right before or after the UFC 211. So, should it's be a good, Some, good month for fights. Bellator will, like announce fights like three weeks prior yeah not very far off and fairly big fights too yeah i mean the ufc's even been doing it a little bit lately and then the other times they'll have it like four months out 
Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Uh, UFC Fight Night 105. Shit, where does this take place? I usually write this down. I cannot remember. Hold on, I'll figure it out. But uh, Derek Lewis knocked out Travis Brown in the second round in a pretty awesome fight. Yeah. <laughs> Travis Brown. This was in Nova Scotia. Oh, that's Halifax. right. That's right. Halifax, Nova Scotia. I did a uh, middle school project on Nova Scotia, by the way. Nice. <laughs> Travis Brown was winning the, the fight pretty handily in the first round, striking from the he outside, good. using his range, nailing. Looked like he fought like he should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then hit Derek Lewis with some nice body shots that made him have to boo-boo. And <laughs> he, uh, he actually was grabbing his stomach and like running away in pain, but... Derek yeah. Lewis is like one of the toughest sons of bitches ever. Yeah. Just like the realist. Sucks it up. Yeah, he definitely keeps it real. <laughs> and just fucking knocked the shit out of Travis Brown in the second oh, round. That's so awesome. And super late stoppage. Mario oh, yeah. Yamasaki like just let Travis Brown die. He's laying yeah. there motionless. <laughs> He's still getting punched. Head face. flat. On his back, and Derek Lewis, who's like one of the hardest hitters in the goddamn sport, <laughs> and there was like no urgency towards it at all. Either. Does Dan Henderson like hammer <laughs> now? Whatever and he like just nonchalantly comes in and just like waves it off. Yeah, like the most nonchalant, even after a couple late shots. It was weird yeah. as hell. I could not understand that. But followed by the most legendary post fight interview. Of oh all my time. god, it was amazing. I love Derek Lewis. I could not so believe much. it was on cable TV. <laughs> I love Derek Lewis. <laughs> that man is amazing. Uh, shit all over Travis Brown. Well, first he told you he was like, "No, I wasn't hurt. I just had to take a shit. I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to poop my pants." <laughs> And then he's just like, shits on Travis Brown. He's like, I love punching him in the face. That's what he does to women. Then he proceeds to call out Ronda Rousey and says he wants to fuck her. Well, in so many words. (laughs) Yeah. He said, where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah, He's I mean, been, like releasing memes of like, he released like a meme of the like notebook. the notebook cover with him and Ronda Rousey. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know how you can on one hand call someone out on being like shitty to women, and then you're kind of shitty to a woman at the same time. Yeah, but right. no, I did. I love that he called Travis Brown out for that because fuck him. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he's a nice guy, but. Well, it's one thing. I'm pretty sure all these allegations got thrown out. Yeah, but... Which I don't know what that means. I don't know if that just means they settled. I mean, the dude left his fucking wife for Ronda Rousey. Like, I mean, I don't know. I can. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know their marriage. I don't know what happened. But if any of it's true at all, fuck him. So... Yeah. Yeah. True that. Derek Lewis. Yeah. And he's so overrated. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I not anymore. They, thankfully, he had Matt. Uh, what the hell's his name in his Mitch corner? Reard? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Linwood. It's not Matt Linwood. It's uh, I don't know the guy that coaches that Las Vegas high school. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, Travis Brown's lost a lot of fights in a row. Yeah, yes, um, and by knockout too. I don't know what he's gonna do next. I hope they cut his ass. Todd Duffy. Yeah, if he can make it to a fight. Feed him to Todd Duffy. See what happens. Uh, Derek Lewis, though, I mean, dude's on a nice run here. He's What is it, uh, 
six or seven fight win streak, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And Travis Brown, however, has lost five of his last eight fights. Wow. Or seven, not five of his last seven fights. Yeah, that's bad. And um, three of them are knockouts. <laughs> yeah. So it's getting up there in like the Alistair Ring range. <laughs> yep. Uh, interesting, interesting. I hope he gets cut. Is developed where and fights Chet Congo and gets knocked out. <laughs> We're laid on for Travis three rounds. Yeah. Yeah. He fights Fedor for sure. Yeah. Derek Lewis, I mean, the guy is not like the most skilled heavyweight. Like, all he has is an awesome power punch and heart of a lion. Like, yeah. Dude, just. But he's actually a pretty smart fighter. Like, he gets taken down. Look at that Roy Nelson fight. He gets taken down. He's really good at nullifying their position and, like, being able to get back up. Like, and he'll take his time. He'll be patient. He'll conserve his energy a bit. He'll get up, and then he'll start wailing. Yeah, that's all he pretty much does. If there's one person in the world I would never want to fight in a life-or-death situation, I think it's Derek Lewis. Yeah. Because you could hit him with the baseball bat in the head five times. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he'd still be coming. Yeah. But also, I mean, he, that fight against that crazy name, Shabmiel, Albert, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever that guy's name was. Abdur- fight before Travis Brown. It's a pretty boring fight. So, I mean, it kind of definitely shows that he can have some boring oh, fights. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he, he found a way to win. Like Yeah, he did. You know? Um, and he seems to keep doing that. I think he needs a top ten guy and his well i guess brown was technically a top 10 guy but which is crazy uh, yeah lost five out of seven he's in top 10 but yeah i'd like to see him fight someone like uh he's hey. still in the top 10 <laughs> is he really yeah he's number 10 on the ufc rankings wow maybe Derek lewis steps in for uh Derek lewis is not in, no he's number seven <laughs> <laughs> Derek lewis should fight for brisha verdue 211 that might yeah. be a bit much <laughs> I, I think know. he said he wants to take some time off. Yeah, he did. He did. He said, I don't even want to get a phone call. Or what? I don't want to see a fight for three months or whatever. He said. Yeah. So they better not even call him. Yeah. But I a lot of people are talking about Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis, yeah. which would be crazy awesome. But I think Francis Ngannou is much more of a technical yeah. athlete. More all around, like, probably has a higher ceiling for sure. Yeah. If anyone's going to step in against Verdum of those two, I'd say it's probably Ngannou because they're really trying to push him. Yeah, Dana was hot on him, and he didn't take much damage in his last fight, I don't think. No, not at all. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess the co-main event, not bad either. Johnny Hendricks defeated Hector Lombard by decision. Yeah. Um, did you agree with the decision? Um, wait, what the hell was it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, soft right now. Hendricks defeated Lombard by decision. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I agreed with it. Yeah, I did too. It was close. As much but, as it hurts me to say that. Yeah. I mean, Hendricks definitely looks better at 185. Yeah, he did. But he still didn't look like the Hendricks that fought GSP or, no. or Robbie Lawler. So it's hard to say. Maybe he'll get there over time. I thought it was a super close fight. I could have saw it go either way. I was kind of rooting for Lombard. Yeah, I mean, the scorecards were way one-sided for how the fight went, I thought. Yeah. Two judges had 30-27, and the other one had 29-28. I thought that the 
the difference was those knees he kept landing. Yeah. Like he was timing those perfectly all the whole time, all night. Uh other than that he was he was kinda lackluster, but he didn't gas out too bad and yeah, I'm interested to see how he does here in this weight class. So good on him, I guess. I was kinda hoping he lost and got cut, but yeah. wasn't meant to be. Or retired like you said he would. Yeah. But after Heck the fight, Lombard, however, yeah. I think is the biggest flop of all time. Yeah, that, they signed him to a pretty big deal. He hasn't won a fight in three years. <laughs> well, the one he won, but it got overturned. Yeah, Josh Berkman. Yeah. Because he tested positive for steroids. Yeah, true. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> for some reason, I still like watching him fight. It's like he's never in a boring fight, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, he should have beat Neil Magny because, I mean, he... Killed him, and the referee yeah, stopped the fight, fight, and then he came back and lost. But as far as birthday. <laughs> was it nice? Yeah. Happy birthday to you! Yeah, coming up in a week and a half. Sweet, uh, Hendrix. I love the post-fight interview. He's like going crazy. I can see again. <laughs> like this yeah. is my weight, baby. Like, well, then why weren't you there two years ago when you yeah, started right. having these problems? Yeah, it's crazy. So he was like losing his eyesight from cutting weight and shit like that. Wait, so yeah, now you got a problem. Yeah, he refused to try to fight anywhere other than welterweight. You freaking yeah. idiot. The guy's dumb as a rock. It's definitely like the way his career went. Like Johnny Hendricks' career was like, apparently he had this, his first, he's not with that camp anymore, but the camp they had, like they like in, had a bunch of guys, like coaches and stuff to like invest in Johnny Hendricks because they thought he could make be champion. Like it was not like a standard MMA camp where you just came in and tried to train to win. It was like, it was all focused on Johnny Hendricks, like to build him up to be champion. I think that kind of fucked with his head in a way. Yeah, like, for sure. Just in terms of like staying at the weight class and stuff, when he clearly should not have been there. Yeah. It was Dolce, right? Yeah. It was a bunch of guys. Yeah. I, I don't know, but... man. He, I don't know. Maybe Hendricks first GSP rematch if GSP wins at middleweight. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, I thought I don't I don't see GSP taking more than one fight in middleweight unless Anderson Silva happens to want to fight. Exactly, next. that's what I was gonna say. That would be awesome. Yeah, and really sucky for the actual middleweight contenders. But yeah, right. <laughs> what are you gonna but do? The way things are going nowadays, it's definitely plausible. Just have an interim belt; they can all fight for. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have two belts, two middleweight belts. Yeah, three <laughs> champions, one division. <laughs> yeah, oh, have a three-way fight to unify. It's such title. such shit show. And I, yep. I don't know how to feel about it because I like the entertaining fights too, but at the same time, I do want the actual, you know, legit stuff. At the same time, it's it sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just depends on. The situation, I guess, like there's some uh, situations where I think Granite or Garner, um, where it's like the next contender, Yol Romero, for example. That's me being biased. But I don't want to see him get a title shot, and I certainly don't want to see him be champion. So right. I'm very glad he's getting passed up on. Yeah. But there's other times when, like, I wanted to see Damian Maya get the title fight, but. I like Stephen Thompson, so I wasn't really mad about that. But Damian might definitely deserve that title fight. Yeah, agreed. And I wrote an article, uh, my post to uh, UFC 209 thoughts on BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com, and I was 
talking about GSP coming back and middleweight and what that does for the thing. And I was saying, like, competitively, it's messed up what they've been doing, giving Bisbing the Henderson fight, now GSP. And it really screws up. Like, there's two or three guys that deserve a title shot at that weight class. Yeah. But at the same time, I really enjoyed watching Dan Henderson fight Michael Bisbing again. And oh, yeah, I too. cannot wait to watch GSP fight Michael Bisbing. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate because Jacare, man, what the, what the hell's he got to do? <laughs> right. Yeah, it gets a little misconstrued when they keep doing it time and time again. Like, now they're doing it with Bisbing like two times in a row. It gets a little crazy then. It's one thing when it's, when it's like a one-off thing and it throws it off for a little bit. But, I mean, when's the next time somebody's going to get a shot at Michael Bisping and not till the end of the year or next year? Yeah. It's so like, they're going to have to fight again. It just if, – if these fights like GSP Bisping, G, uh, Bisping, Henderson 2, if they didn't have the belt attached to them, you know, then it would be like amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Bisping should just relinquish the belt and go fight Anderson Silva again. Go fight GSP. Well, it would have been crazy if the judges had actually been watching the Michael Bisping and Dan <laughs> Henderson fight, <laughs> and Dan Henderson should have won. Like he would have, he was obviously retiring after that fight. Like how crazy would that have been? They threw yeah, off the whole wow. division. Dan Anderson wins the title and then retires, and then what? <laughs> Freaking atomic bomb on that division. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might have been better. Yeah, right. But uh, back to Although, I can't say I'm unhappy with it. No, uh, no, no, GSP. No, you can't. But uh, back to UFC Fight Night 105, <laughs> Gavin Tucker. Was it his UFC debut? I think it was. Gavin Tucker yeah. defeated Sam Cecilia by dominant decision. This kid looked awesome. Did you see this? No. Oh, this Canadian guy. I mean, he's 30, so he looks a lot younger than he was, but uh, than he is. But, I mean, he looked amazing out there. At, I think it was 145. Uh I mean, he was like, yes, yeah, he was moving around like Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw type thing, and really? just really impressive striking. Just couldn't put Cecilia away. Barely got touched one time in that fight. Like super impressive. But he's thirty years old, so I guess he's got to really uh, strike quick while the iron is hot. Yeah, but definitely got to keep an eye out on. Uh, Sarah McMahon defeated Gina Mazzani by uh, easy first round submission. Her second first round submission in a row. She's on the come up, I guess. She's angling to fight the winner of Shevchenko and Nunes. We'll see, yeah. I guess. We'll see. Um, Paul Felder defeated Alex Ricci by first round TKO. Really impressive performance by Paul Felder. I like this guy a lot. He's been around yeah. a while. He's been kind of up and down a little bit, but he's with a new camp, and man, his striking looked on point because this Ricci guy was like, like his striking was supposed to be a strong point, and he never even had a chance in this one. Really? Yeah. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio defeated Nordin Taleb in a close split decision that could have gone either way. It was a pretty good fight. Ronda Marcos defeated Carlos Barza by I think it was split decision. Yeah. I know you're happy. Oh yeah, I can't stand Carla. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I kind of had it for Carla, but. Cannot say I'm disappointed. Yeah, I think I scored it for Carla, too. Oh, you watched this one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's the same old, you know, just jazz. She's like super lightweight GSP, right? <laughs> same kind yeah. of style, but just not nearly as good. Well, yeah, her striking's not nearly as good. I like Randa Marcus a lot, though. 
Yeah, me too. I like. Did she have the pink hair this time? Uh, I can't remember, but sometimes she'll like wear a pink UFC uh, uniform with her pink hair to go along with like the Canadian flag or something. I don't know. Yeah, pretty cool. I don't think she did this time. And uh, Tiago Santos defeated Jack Marshman by uh, Jack Marshman uh, second round TKO. <laughs> I love that guy's name. Uh, pretty uh, heel kick. Yeah, pretty awesome knockout. So that is not that. too shabby. But yeah, let's get back to GSP. He is back. They came to an agreement, and now it sucks that he has to wait four months again to go through the protocol. Yeah, they won't waive it for him. Yeah. So it sounds like September he's going to be back. I know. Yeah. Dana said they want to try to do July, but then GSP said there's no way that's going to happen. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It's up to Bisbing getting healthy and whenever it happens. Hopefully it's in Canada. It takes place. That would be kind of cool. I doubt that. No? No. No way Michael Bisbing would agree to that. Yeah. He's getting paid big bucks, so. That's true. I thought it was hilarious when he showed up at the press conference late. That was an awesome press conference. Yeah. He picks up the microphone. He's like, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. We're saying all this stuff. (laughs) Dana White's just like, you're late. Shut the fuck up and sit down. (laughs) Yeah. It was hilarious. That was actually like the best GSP's ever been, I feel like, uh, talking trash. Yeah. It's like, Las Vegas got the best of you. (laughs) (laughs) You've been drinking? How's your health? You okay? (laughs) That's great. I'm glad GSP is back. I never was yeah. like super thrilled with his fight. I mean, he's old, never like super exciting fighter, but clearly one of the best of all time. Never hurts to have someone of such a high caliber just to be around to have watch fight. You know? Yeah, I definitely never miss a fight, his fights. <clears throat> Whether it's middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, I think he's probably got four or five fights left in his career. I think and. I don't think he's too super concerned about getting a belt and holding a belt. I think he just wants to try to build on his legacy, pick out some fights he thinks that can he can win, and really like cement himself as the best of all time. Yeah, I don't see him getting four or five fights. That's I think two, three max. Really, I think he'll get four or five. That's like three or four years, though. Maybe. The way he's he, he going to fight every. No more than every six months. Yeah. So, two years, two and a half years. Yeah. Come on, bro. I just don't see him sticking around that long. No, you're, and it depends how it goes, I think. Like, if he goes yeah. out and gets beat down by Bisping for some reason, like, then maybe he calls it a day right there. But yeah. as long as he's still up to a, at least close to the level he was and he's winning fights, I think he'll stick around. Like, Can you imagine if Michael Bisping knocks out GSP? That would be – I mean – Bisping has already been on a such a whirlwind of like Cinderella story here. Yeah, literally. If he beats fucking Anderson Silva and GSP, that's like no one in a million years could ever within a year. Well, yeah. almost a year. Wow, it's crazy. Um, who not do you to mention Luke Grackle and Dan Henderson. Who do you like in that? Like off the top of your head? Ah, uh, definitely GSP. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be, uh, I wouldn't say a new version of him, but I think he's going to be a lot better. Um, I don't know. It's tough because, like, Michael Bisping does have that style where he can, like, pot 
like just pop punch out and you know jab around and stay on the outside enough to like keep away from being dominated yeah so we'll see how it goes or if uh gsp's big enough to like take him down and hold him down so right i'm really interested to see the size difference which the stare down didn't seem they didn't seem that, that yeah the it, stats aren't that bad either i think uh i think um michael bisping is like two or three inches taller than him and the reach is pretty much identical I know so it might be like Bisping a reach difference. used to fight at light heavyweight, but he was not a big lightweight heavyweight. So, yeah, uh, I, I definitely think I favor GSP for sure. I feel like GSP has got a laundry list, like a checklist of what he wants to accomplish with this comeback. Yeah, I definitely. think he wants to beat Bisping, win the middleweight title, so he can say he was a champion in two weight classes, and then he's gonna fight Anderson Silva at middleweight to defend his title since finally get that super fight once and yeah. for all when Silva's over the hill <laughs> and then he's going to vacate the middleweight belt and either depending on who's welterweight champion at that point fight for that belt again or drop all the way down to lightweight and fight Conor McGregor yeah um, apparently the UFC said they were never even considered Conor McGregor for GSP but it's clear his, his camp has because what? Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Like, I think that's the one he wants to end on, win or lose, because that would be a huge payday. And I think he wants to build his name back up a bit. So he's a huge draw. McGregor's a huge draw. They come together, and it's almost like Pacquiao Mayweather for uh, MMA. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that's a long ways away. The only thing my concern with it is um, <clears throat> like TSP is this thing back in the day with not coming up to middleweight to fight Anderson was he had to put on so much he wanted to put on like permanent muscle to be even with Anderson so to speak but he also said that if he was going to go up to middleweight he would never go back down because he would have to put on that permanent weight so I, don't, I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that he's going to go up to middleweight which I don't think he's going to put on a whole lot of weight but I don't. I don't know if he says he can easily make 155, but I don't, I don't know if he can make easily make 155 after going up to middleweight. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's how I don't think Conor McGregor can make featherweight now that he ballooned up to 170. All they had to do was ask. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> no, I, that's a good point, and that's certainly possible. But maybe they say announce it like eight months in advance or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just. Uh... DSP did say he could easily make 155, but. Which I find hard to believe. The dude is ripped to shreds. And, and yeah, Anderson Silva also said he could make 170 or something crazy like that. No, I think he's what he said, 176 or something like that. Like yeah, so they just super just specific for, just to do it, They just did a weight cut down to that. Yeah, which seems dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, we're not going to take the fight here anyway. Let's put, let's put the weight back on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, cool. GSP is back. That's huge news. Uh, yeah, was, I was not expecting it at all. I pretty much given up on it. Yeah, I, I kept keeping faith, and I was like, "Message you, wow." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, GSP was on the MMA hour yesterday and was talking about his contract and basically said that you know when they were negotiating in the first place, he wanted. A certain amount of money in the UFC weren't really anywhere close to that with what they wanted to give him and you know we've been talking about how they need star power and stuff so I'm sure that is what Reed negotiated like what got it back on to actually getting close to terms 
apparently him and Dane White had dinner and got back on good terms. But GSB said uh, it's, he didn't get the money that he wanted to get, but he also got more than the, like the UFC had drawn a bottom line for what they were going to give him, but he got them to come off of that. Oh, wow. So he said that they're, in a way, that they're both unhappy with how the deal <laughs> That's how happened. you know it was the right deal then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you'd say they both make sacrifices or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of funny, though, that they got him signed, right? But he's not going to fight till the end of the year when Connor will probably be back. And Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, never hurts to have a big draw, so. Yeah. Good uh, back in the mix. Yeah. A couple other news items. Cyborg was granted a retroactive therapeutic use exemption. Cleared yeah, to fight. I was really surprised by that. Cleared to fight. Um, as long as the champion is not scared and go into surgery and go into hiding and get a rematch. God, I cannot stand this girl already. I know. She's super annoying. Talked a bunch of trash before about how she'll win this and then go fight Cyborg. And, yeah. and then as soon as she wins, it's like, uh, I need surgery. Yeah. Uh, unless <laughs> well, Holly... Won't commit to anything. Unless Holly wants a rematch, because she yeah. really deserves a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't stand anything about her. Yeah, I hope Cyborg goes in there, quickly wins. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think she will. Yeah, I agree. But then what? <laughs> I don't think this 145 dude is staying around very long. I think it will be around as long as Cyborg is around. Yeah, which I don't think is going to be that long. Well, I guess... It's kind of like Ronda Rousey, right? When she came in and brought over the Bantamweight division, that's kind of how it was to start there. The division will only be around as long as Ronda's around, but then they were able to build it. Of course, yeah. So maybe if they do the same thing with Cyborg, maybe she can stick around long enough to at least build it up a bit and have it stick around if she ever, or when she ever retires. Yeah, and maybe you'll have more fighters coming in to that division because it's like their natural weight class. Yeah. Kind of like what they need to have at 125. Yeah, I think 125 would have been a much better division. but yeah. Especially since they've had a 125 fight. They put on a 125 fight right. as a special attraction. Yeah, that made no sense. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. Zero. Well, also, John Volante was granted a therapeutic use exemption retroactive. Did you hear about that? What, is, what was it for? I'm not sure. I don't even know if they announced it. An inhaler or something? Yeah, that's what it was. Something like that. But that's that's interesting that they announced Cyborg was flagged, and then said she was granted this exemption. Whereas Volante, they just said the exemption. They never said he was flagged. Yeah, they're, apparently they're like, I think they're talking about changing the way they announce this things, where they go through the jurisdiction first and then announce it. That only makes sense. Can't believe they weren't doing that from the beginning. Which apparently they're not, because they've announced that Ben Roswell has been flagged. Unless they've went through the jurisdiction already. Yeah, that's true. But, but I don't see how it, it happens. <laughs> they just announced scheduled. the fight. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, I guess we could touch on Ultimate Fighter 25 real quick. Um, like, we, we already talked about it a little bit, but Garbrandt versus Dillashaw, that's awesome. But it's also, like, the all-star version of this reality show. Yeah, what's the deal with it? It's welterweights that have already been on the show. Yeah, like... Uh, Jesse Taylor, uh, shit, uh, Diego <laughs> Luna, I don't know. Yeah. That's an actor. People uh, that didn't make it the first time. 
But then there's one guy, James Krause, who's still under contract in the UFC, and he's like on a two or three fight win streak. And he's on the show. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Maybe he like. I can't believe it hasn't been sheltered yet. It's they all like the budget cuts they came in with. It's the same exact thing every year. Yeah, they did cut the budget for Tough down from like thirty million to ten million or something like that. I'm sure it'll make it better. Yeah, 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 that's a good way to turn it around. <laughs> Cut the budget in by two-thirds. I had an idea to, like, completely revamp it. I don't know if it would ever work or if it makes sense, but tell me what you think. All right. All right, so what if it was more like each episode was an embedded type thing, style thing, where... It doesn't have to be newbies. It doesn't have to be people that aren't already in the UFC. Say, take, take, twenty-four fighters, or all right, take match, make twelve fights, match twelve fights up with twenty-four fighters, and each fight gets their own episode where it's like uh, embedded style deep dive. Follow the camp and stuff. Yeah, follow their personal life. Let them tell their story. Take these. Take the fighters that they want. To build up more that uh, yeah. are kind of mid level right now, but they think have potential to make it to a next level, and yeah. just focus on them. And either at the end of each episode you have the fight take place, or you do the twelve episodes, and then the finale is just like a full card of the twelve fights, and you just show it from beginning to end. Yeah, that would be interesting. Definitely a good way to market. Uh... Like middle tier guys that need to get up more. I mean, it'd be different at least. <laughs> they yeah. need to do something else. Here's my plan. All right, let's hear it. One fighter of the, in every fight gets the choice between like a katana, nunchucks, <laughs> right. or like a mace, <clears throat> but they also have to tie one hand behind their back. <laughs> All right, certainly different. <laughs> <laughs> and the fighter without the weapon gets to wear a helmet. <laughs> nice. Uh, breaking news. UFC 211 just got even stronger. Henry Cejudo is fighting Sergio Pettis. Nice. nice. They're really... A big step up for Sergio. Doing it big in Big D for Dallas. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> you didn't know it was in Dallas, did you? Nope. <laughs> but, man, they're really... Stacking that card. Why couldn't we get some of those fights spread out over right. the last few? This fight night card coming up totally flew under the radar for me. It's pretty stacked. Yeah, that's that's a good transition. Well done, you're a pro. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna preview Ultimate Fight Night 106 in Brazil. I mean, this is almost as good as UFC 209, aside from if you take away the title fight, anyway. And uh, yeah, main event: Vitor Belfort versus Kelvin Gastelum in a middleweight fight. Gaslam coming off a of blown weight, and he came up and beat Tim Destroyed Kennedy. Kim, Tim Kennedy. Kim Kennedy's more like it. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. I've never been a big Kelvin fan, especially I'm not a fan of anybody that misses weight like that. But um, he he wrecked Tim Kennedy. I mean, Tim Kennedy looked embarrassingly bad, but I was he looked great. Yeah, he really did, and. Um, Belfort coming off his loss to Gegard Mousasi. He's been on a pretty bad slide ever since he got off the juice. Yeah. But this fight, he's in Brazil, so maybe he'll be on the juice. Yeah, he'll get a T-U-E. <laughs> yeah. T-R-T. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what do you like? What do you think is going to happen here? Obviously, I think even though we're not the biggest Gaston fans, I'm not a big yeah. Belfort fan either. So yeah, I think he's. I think it's going to look a lot like the Tim Kennedy fight. I think Kelvin, if he keeps up like that movement and his head movement and his, and his striking the way he did, I think he. I don't. I just the Vitor hasn't looked that great as of late, so I don't know what he's got to offer or what he's got left. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. I think Kelvin just has to watch out for the opening three to five minutes. Like, yeah, definitely. Belfort always comes out strong. I mean, he's always he still has the power. He could still definitely knock him out if he catches him early. Yeah. But it seems like as the older he gets, even that burst that he comes out with is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. So, just survive, kind of like Tim Kennedy, because <laughs> Tim Kennedy came out and looked decent in the first half of the first round, and then kind of started gassing and looked terrible. So Quickly. I think yeah. it'll be very similar to that. And I say Gaslam by second round TKO. Yeah, I'm gonna take Gaslam by decision. And does he stay at middleweight after this, or does he try to go back down to welterweight? I don't think they're gonna let him. They've said that before. Yeah. I just don't... What's what's their welterweight for? Just a middleweight. You just got... I don't know, like... Uh, Robert Woodver or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but, man. Yeah, I don't know. i like to see him stay at middleweight. See how he could do. Yeah. So, hopefully that's what happens. But in the co-main event, we've got Shogun Hua... Fighting for the first time in a while, it feels like, against yeah. the Mr. Retroactive TUE himself, John Volante. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about this one. Shogun's coming off a win against, what, split decision against Corey Anderson, I believe. And while he looked pretty decent there, he's just been so shopworn. And I can't trust him. And Volante does have pretty big power. He's not the most well-rounded guy, but he can still hit pretty hard. So I'm going to say Volante wins by a third-round knockout. Yeah, I, I like Volante. Trains with Chris Weidman. And, um, yeah, it depends on, like, how he looks, how he comes out, what version of him, I guess. Sometimes he can have boring, drawn-out fights, but I don't know. It depends on, like, uh, how Shogun looks. I feel like he's definitely not the same fighter he used to be. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, Shogun's always had kind of like a soft-looking body. And, I don't know. I just thought, as the older he gets, although he's not even that old, but he's been around forever. Yeah. And, what was he, won his last two fights? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he beat Little Nog and Corey Anderson. Yes. Both decision fights. Yeah. I don't know. This is up in the air for me. It's tough to call. I'm going to get give it to Shogun. Although I like John better, but I think Shogun's going to pull it out and look decent in Brazil. All right, some dissension here. Um, I hope you're wrong. That was a terrible description by me. (laughs) Hey, didn't bother me. (laughs) Uh, My main event, the one I'm looking forward to the most of the night, is Edson Barbosa versus Benil Dariush. Both guys coming off nice win streaks, I believe. Barboza coming off the... It's crazy he didn't fight for so long since he beat Pettis. Because it seemed like he was really uh, getting close to like top contender status. Yeah. But I think 
This is a really interesting style matchup. Barbosa clearly great stand-up, pretty good takedown defense, and Dariush more of a well-rounded guy, wrestling base with good striking. So I feel like this could go either way. Uh, if Barboza wins, I think he is pretty much maybe, he, but he just fought Ferguson not too long ago and lost to him. Lost. I was going to say maybe he gets that interim title shot, but I don't know. Maybe he fights Khabib if he wins. I don't know, but I say the winner of this is like knocking on the door of a top contenders match. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think maybe I think Edson's going to win it. I hope. I think maybe he'll knock him out and get back to his old ways with him. Highlight kicks, but uh, was his last yeah. fight the Pettis fight or was it Gilbert Melendez? Gilbert Melendez, yeah, exactly. Uh, looked pretty good there too, for sure. Yeah, but then Fantastic. again, what does that say? Because Gilbert has kind of been on the downslope. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think Edson's going to take it, and you know, maybe for like an RDA or something like that afterwards. Well, RDA went up to welterweight. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, you know that. Put his tail between his legs. No, he hasn't. Has done that with fight schedules yet. Uh, but uh, he's I. He's uh, small for welterweight. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll bulk up a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? But I like Darius actually. Uh, this was a tough one for me to decide between, just because I think it's really close. But I just seen Barbosa lose the way he lost to Donald Cerrone. I've seen, and maybe he's turned a corner, I don't know, but I just feel like Darius is a really smart guy who comes in with a good strategy. He's out of a good camp. I think they're going to really figure out how to nullify his attack and get the get the fight where he wants it, get it on the ground. Well, Barbosa's probably got some decent jiu-jitsu, but... Yeah, he trains with uh, Mark Henry and, uh, like, <clears throat> Frank Edger and... Uh... Eddie Alvarez, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel, feel like Darius is going to find a way to win this fight by decision. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, next up, Juicy Formiga. I was trying to think of... He's got, like, a nickname, but... Uh, <laughs> not on the tip of my tongue. So, Juicy <laughs> Formiga is fighting Ray Borg in a flyweight fight. Didn't know they still had flyweights, but uh, <laughs> did you see Koji Horiguchi is gone? Yeah, he signed with uh, one Risen. Risen, yeah. Signed with Risen. They cut Ali Bogatinov and they cut Zach Mikovsky. It's like, what are you doing? And they announced yeah. Demetrius versus Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes. Uh, made a Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But Ray Borg. He's coming off of impressive performance. Uh, I think it was UFC 207 or 208. Yeah, he fought, uh, what the hell was that guy's name? Louis Smoker. Yeah, he missed weight, though. Yeah, That's the only uh, problem. Borg missed weight. Yeah, but he looked good. He looked strong, and Formiga yeah, is a real... Good. Yeah, that's true. He was like he was smoking something. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, for... <laughs> Formiga is a really good guy, like really good top five, top seven flyweight. Always has been. He's got slick submissions. Really good at taking the back. Um, tough test for Borg. I'm going to go with Formiga here. I think he's going to submit him. But what do you say? Um, 
I'm just looking at Formiga's record here. Uh, it's a... I guess he may be Wilson Reese. I don't know. I, th I like Ray Borg. I thought he looked good against Lone Smoko. I mean, it sucks that he missed weight and then went and beat him that bad. I feel like that's a little unfair, but... Um, I'm just not big on Formiga. I'm not really big on Ray Borg either, but... <laughs> um, I'm going to take Ray Borg just because... Just because... Because, all right, I mean, say no more. Um, all right, next up, we got another Brazilian on this Brazilian card. Betch Cahaya is fighting Marion Renault. Um, fucking bitch. No, it's Betch. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she's she always finds a way to win, unless it's against Ronda Rousey. But yeah, she's scrappy. She's scrappy. Marion Renault is like a more of a boxer, stand-up chick. Um, I think I actually feel like Cohea is the favorite here, but I'm going with Renault. I think she's gonna just have a tighter, crisper striking and and win a dull, kind of dull decision. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I, I agree that her striking is probably gonna be more crisp, but I don't think Cohea uh, has the uh, rounded out game to diminish that. Yeah. So, so I think Marion will take it with. All right. All right, we're on the same page there. Next up, we have a rematch after the disqualification of Tim Means versus Alex Oliveira. It's hard to break down a fight that we already broke down and it already took place. <laughs> so I I'm going to stick to my guns. I think I picked Means the first time, and he, I mean, not technically, but kind of won that fight. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Yeah, it looked like he was... definitely had the, the edge, and you never know what adjustments could be made. What was but it? it was a knee or something? Yeah, he had this. With the hands down? Yeah. I yeah, mean. It was just stupid. And Oliveira acted like he got shot with a shotgun in the chest. Yeah. So maybe he Oliveira makes an adjustment and figures it out, but I feel like it's just going to be more of the same. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that means this looks good as of late, and Cowboy hasn't. Yeah. So I think it's going to be similar to the first fight. Agreed. Let's move on to the UK card, which is stacked. Uh, yeah. UFC Fight Night 107 in uh, London. Jimmy Manoa versus Corey Anderson in the main event. Main event. <laughs> Light heavyweight, baby. It's uh, what a division. Uh, Manoa's coming off a, a really impressive knockout of OSP, which maybe isn't quite as impressive since OSP's now lost three in a row, but still was pretty sweet. And yeah. Corey Anderson rebounded from his loss to Shogun by taking care of business against someone I can't remember. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually I like this fight a lot. It's just crazy that it's the main event of a card. Sean O'Connell. Sean O'Connell. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a lackluster main event. It's a lackluster card altogether. It is. But um, it, this is a great fight, though. Like, if this was the opening fight of a pay-per-view... Yeah, yeah, I'd be all so, about it. Or, it's like a middle ring light heavyweight fight. If this was the co-main event of a Fox Sports One card with like a solid main event, even it'd be yeah. like good. But on it by itself, great fight. So I'm I, gonna, go, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just hate when they go to the UK. I feel like they always. I mean, they of course you're gonna pick a bunch of European fighters to be on the card, but it ends up being. Cards with all these names that you don't know about, 
just because they're semi-local fighters, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it works out where, like, it's like, who is this guy? And then you're like, oh, that's who this guy is. Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, you're right. It's like, it's just the same old names. Like, they'll just, oh, we're going to England? Okay, get get Brad Pickett, get, a, yeah. you know, so-and-so. All these people that they're not, like, anything special, so. I think Brad Pickett said this is his last fight. Yeah, this is a retirement fight on here. This makes sense. It's cool they let him do it and... I guess this is his hometown. No, home country, at least. Yeah, home country, whatever. <laughs> Who do you like yeah, in uh, like, Manoa Anderson? Uh, I don't know much about Corey Anderson other than him losing the Shogun. And uh, Jimmy Manoa is just hit or miss. But uh, I'm going to go with... Hmm, he got knocked out by Anthony Johnson. <laughs> Research. I'm going to go with Manuel's uh, lackluster decision over Anderson. See, I think if it goes to decision, Anderson's going to win. Yeah. Um, but it's five rounds, and Manuel oh, I forgot has pretty good power, pretty awesome power, if he can connect. I like Anderson a lot as an up-and-comer at light heavyweight, which is such a weak division. I just don't think he's there yet. I could certainly see him winning. To me, this is like 55-45 towards Manoa, but I, I think he's going to find a way to finish it late. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, especially like heavyweight to probably guess as they get later into the... Yeah. I don't think either of these guys are used to fighting five rounds. No. I've seen Corey Anderson get slowed down in end of a second round into a third, so yeah, I can only imagine what it's going to be like fourth and fifth if it makes it there. Yeah. Still lackluster. Yeah. Um, co-main event is a pretty decent fight. Gunnar Nelson versus Alan Joban. Um, Joban's on a bit of a winning streak, I believe, and Gunnar Nelson is Gunnar Nelson. Basically, this is a classic striker versus jiu-jitsu guy or submission specialist. Um, Joban, if it stays on the feet, I think he could take care of business, much like, uh... I'm forgetting who did to Gunnar Nelson not too long ago, but... Uh, Damien Maia? No, I thought someone, like, was able to keep him on the feet and was, like, piecing him up, but... Um, Rick Story? Could have been Tumanov, but then Tumanov got submitted, I believe, so... Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Until that point. But if Gunnar Nelson can get it to the ground, I think he can finish it on the ground. I'll be yeah, ready. I agree. His jiu-jitsu is definitely good. Um, not Damien Maia good, but... Yeah. I'll be rooting for Joban, the pretty boy, but I think Gunnar Nelson will, will take care of it. Yeah, I'll be, see, I'm the opposite. I'll be rooting for Gunnar, but I think Joban will. I mean, he pulled out that win over Mike Perry, who was uh, the like a hot-looking prospect. Yeah. Hot-looking, yeah. Yeah, he's real hot-looking. <laughs> <laughs> Joban's the look of him. <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, Gunnar Nelson by submission. Yeah, I agree. Um, we were talking about Brad Pickett. It is his retirement fight against Henry Briones. Ooh. I don't know. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia Who page. that is. But, um, <laughs> I want to say he was in, like, a Latin America Tough finalist yeah. or winner or something like that. But I'll give it to Brad Pickett. I feel like they're throwing him a bone to go out with a win. Just For like sure. they threw him as the bone to Uriah Faber. Yeah, it's Uriah. Um... 
Hologram is 1961. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Joseph Duffy is fighting Reza Madadi. Pretty solid fight there. Um, I like Joseph Duffy. Yeah, I agree. Last guy to beat Conor McGregor. That was like always the thing they would say. Yeah, until McDeus came along. Motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, uh, Leon Edwards is fighting Vicente Luque. Two decent prospects there. Tom Breeze is fighting Aluwild Bambagabus. Aluwile Bangbose. How does he pull that out? I'm just good like that. Uh, Tom Breeze, yeah, that's his middleweight debut. He moved up. Oh, okay. Uh, I like that guy. Uh, I think yeah, he's, he's really right. talented. Also, you got Arnold Allen fighting Makwan Amerikani. Two decent prospects again. These prospects, like these kind of fights, are. I don't know enough about the styles to really make a definitive prediction, but I could see it going either way. Yeah. That just reminded me. Um, let's see, who's the guy that always dresses up in weight wins? He just got flagged, I think. Yeah, it's always dressing up crazy. Tom Lawler. Like he dressed up as Conor McGregor. Tom Lawler. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he just get flagged by his other? Did he get cut or something? Yeah, he says it's probably the end of his career with two years suspension. Yeah. Sorry, sucker. Yeah, right. And since this uh, main event is light heavyweight, we, I don't think we mentioned that um, it was first reported that um, what the hell's name Misha Serkinov was not going to be re-signed. They did work out a deal. I think yeah, yeah. Dana White was just hardballing him. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, a I'm glad good he's a contender. Yeah, he's a really talented guy. They need the hit blood, so glad yeah. they managed to work it out. Yeah, he must have been demanding some outrageous shit for the way Dana White was like pissed about it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then two days later. Yeah, we worked a deal out. <laughs> Uh, actually got a pretty decent Invicta card coming up uh, this month. Tanya Evinger fighting Yana Kunitskaya in a rematch. The rematch. The rematch after the controversy. Tanya Evinger. What was that? She was like stepping on her face to defend the Some, armbar. Something weird. Yeah, there was clearly a and mistake. The ref called yeah. it a foul. Yeah. And so she got the better position on the armbar and she had to tap. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I think Tanya Evinger will win this rematch. Cause I agree. Friend of the show, kind of, sort of. <laughs> uh, well, it didn't start off that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ayaki Hamasaki is fighting Livia Renata Souza in a strawweight fight, which Hamasaki, I believe, was the champion at Atomweight for a while, and maybe yeah. even still. And she's coming up, I think this is basically a tryout for the UFC between these yeah. two. I think whoever wins will get signed by the UFC. And they're, that's pretty I, much what Invicta is. Yeah, true. That's very true. But <laughs> I, I like both of these girls a lot. Souza was undefeated until she lost her to uh, Angela Hill in Invicta. It was a very close fight. Um, and Hamasaki, I've seen fight a few times, and she's really impressive on the ground. I'm going to go with Hamasaki in her strawweight debut. Yeah, I don't know anything about either of them. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, there's also a fight, Deanna Bennett against Jody S. Gibble. That's a pretty good fight as well. But next up is Bellator 175, Rampage Jackson versus King Mo Lawal. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, I'm just going to throw some context to that Tanya Evinger thing. 
for people that don't know, it was like one of our first podcasts. Yes, that's right. Or our first rankings we put out. Um, we did not have either of her. We had her in our bantamweight rankings yeah. at all. And somebody tweeted her about that. <laughs> and she was not very pleased about it. <laughs> no. It was our ignorance, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of flat. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to get get some... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know why she's bothering to tweet at a brand new like nobody podcast, but yeah, yeah good on good on her. Yeah, yeah, I became a fan from that point. Yeah, definitely made us pay attention and rectified that situation. Yeah, but yeah, this is a rematch, right, between Luol and and Rampage. Rampage, yeah, yes, yep. What do you think's gonna happen? <sighs> it's so hard to say with Rampage because I always I'm like excited to see him fight. <laughs> yeah, he never was back that. And he comes out, just looks like a turd. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. Well, he has—he's uh, lost recently, didn't he? Yeah, he—he he lost in Risen, correct? Yeah, and uh, to uh, tournament. Yeah, I think Crocop beat him. Yeah, on his way to winning that tournament, which was crazy. Pretty awesome. Yeah, but uh, I'd like I said, I—I I don't know what to expect out of um, Rampage. It just doesn't seem like he has it anymore. Um, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's all of his previous fights, even like the UFC fights before he, the weird situation where he went to, back to the UFC for one fight and then back to Bellator. He hasn't yeah. looked good in any of the fights. So no, it's, he hasn't. It's just, he's just a dud. He just comes out and doesn't do anything. But yeah, he's. I think he's undefeated in, in Bellator. Is he? I think so. Or, I think he's 3-0. Damn, um, he's fought three times for him. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think, like... He well, won. No, I mean, uh, King Mo, King Mo beat him, didn't he? No, uh, that's check. Double check me, but I'm pretty sure like King Mo beat him, but the judges gave a cl- the decision to Rampage. Like it was a controversial decision. Uh, uh, tell me if I'm right or not. But I'm just looking it up. I think it's going to be the opposite this time. I think Rampage. Is, yeah, you're right. I think it was. I think Rampage is going to. Everyone's going to think Rampage won, and they're going to give King Mo a bad decision this time. Yeah, um, that's definitely possible. He is 3 0 in belts where he's beat Joey Beltran, Christian Mpumbu, Satoru. Oh, I thought he fought Satoru Ishii or whatever. Yeah, well, he's 4 0. Oh, even better. Yeah, yeah he beats uh, Ishii in a heavyweight bout. was the last fight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just give it a show how fat he is these days. <laughs> Eating that Burger King. I thought he lost to Maldonado, but he won. He's um, just I, I don't know. I'm going to go with King Noah in this fight. Like you said, uh, he got fucked in the last decision. Yeah, he got robbed. Um, I think he's going to come out and be a lot more uh, <laughs> active. Let's hope so. I mean, he can be good. Like, he's another guy that's like, Really frustrating to watch sometimes, because strategically not the smartest, but he's got the tools. Like, yeah, I mean, he was on a hell of a run for a while. He won Bellator's heavyweight tournament. He won, I think, Risen's first tournament or something like that. He won like two heavyweight tournaments. Yeah, and he's always made a name for himself. He just never really. Cashed in on it too much. But let's yeah, get sure. to the main event, kind of. UFC 210 in Buffalo, New York. I thought about buying tickets and going to this, but 
I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> don't think it's going to happen. This is a headline by Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Johnson 2. We're going to try this again. Let's see if this one uh, comes. Yeah, if it comes to fruition. If if this gets pulled at the last second, this card is screwed because it's a yeah. decent card, but uh, top pretty heavy. top heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've already broken down this fight a few times, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. But I'm saying, fuck it. Cormier's old now. Johnson knocks him out. I'm going to go ahead and say Daniel Cormier gets hurt and retires. <laughs> this doesn't even happen? It doesn't happen. Oh, no. <laughs> but just in case it does happen, <laughs> um, I'm going to say that just because I hate Daniel Cormier, he's going to lay on top of Anthony Johnson for five rounds. <laughs> All right. That could happen. I could see it. I am looking forward to the fight just because it has been a while since their first one. Johnson has looked great, and yeah, he looked he even looked great before that. True, he caught he caught DC with that one punch. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, Cormier is getting older and more injury ridden. So I don't know, maybe yeah. his chin won't be as strong as it was. ATT, just uh, or not ATT, uh, AKA. AKA, yeah, yeah, that's a terrible camp for injuries. Yep, for sure. I mean, Daniel Cormier, Cain Velasquez, Luke Rockhold. Khabib. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's a who's who. Of pullouts. Yeah. Uh, pullout merchants. <laughs> Connery says. Co-main event, at least as of now. Uh, Chris Weidman versus Gegard Mousasi. This is a really good fight. Yeah, it is. This definitely. is like the my main event. That's what I call yeah. the best fight on the card. My main so event. Make or break for Chris Weidman. Yeah, could be three in a row if he loses this. And it's certainly a possibility because Musasi is a super solid fighter. It seems like, I mean, he's won. He won, won 4-0 last year. Yeah. And he's been on a roll. It feels like he's been improving, even though he's been around a while. And Weidman, yeah. man, coming off that devastating knee is in two knockouts in a row. It's Yeah, it's, it's not crazy. that long ago. No, not that it was long. In November. Yeah, it was wow. a pretty brutal knockout. But um, you know, I'm a huge Chris Weidman fan. I'm hoping he is okay and doesn't get like flash knockout or something. But uh, yeah, this is a really tough fight. I mean, Gegard Mousasi is very stoic. He's always calm. He's always at the same pace. Very steady. Jab, jab, jab. He's got great striking. Good, good all around game. He's been around forever. Um, He's got wins over huge names for his whole career. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm a Chris Weidman guy. I'm going to say that Chris Weidman comes back with a nice victory here. Nice. I'll be rooting for, for him. Three rounds, I'm going to say it's a decision. Okay. I just think I'll be rooting for Weidman, but I think Masasi's going to win. Um, he's just a really frustrating guy to fight. Yeah, because he's not worried about putting on a splashy mm -hmm. fight for the fans. He's he's there to nullify your offense and to win a decision. Yeah, and definitely. if he if he can put you away, even better. But like he's not always the funnest guy to watch. But he is a very very good fighter. I, I just don't know. I I'm with Luke Thomas on this. That Wyman should have got a uh, what's he call it a. Uh, like a f makeup fight or uh, tune up, tune up fight. Yes, yeah. it's getting late. Uh, 
Yeah, I think Wyvern should have took a tune-up fight against, like, I don't know, Rashad Evans. <laughs> but yeah. this is tough. This is really tough. I, I think Masaki's going to win this and set himself up nicely. Yeah, I agree. And I think Chris Wyman, if Chris Wyman loses, I think he goes to light heavy. Yeah, I think so. I heard rumors that he was going to before he took this fight, so I could certainly see that being the case. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Will Brooks versus Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira, Bronx, making his lightweight return after being kicked out of featherweight for never making weight, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Will Brooks coming off his loss to Cowboy, another Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira, which was somewhat controversial. But Will Brooks trying to get back on the horse after coming over from Bellator as champ. And it's not as good in the UFC. No, he's been kind of lackluster so far. But um, I think he's going to get things put together here. And this is a yeah. awesome. This is like a sneaky awesome fight. Yeah, it is definitely. Like even when I'm looking at the names of the matchup, it's like it's not standing out. But just thinking of both of these guys, I think it's going to be really good. But uh, I think Brooks is going to have a bit of desperation now after that last performance. I think he's really going to want to prove a point here. And I think, ah, God, it's so dangerous of a fight, though. But I, I don't know. I think he's going to find a way to win a decision. But Charles Oliveira could easily grab a hold of something. Yeah. Especially if he's I not affected by a weight cut. Sick. Um, but... Uh... The hell was I gonna say? It took my time. Oh. oh, I thought I thought Will Brooks had lost two fights in the UFC. But he beat Ross Pearson. Yeah, but, but it, it was good in the fight, no, but. it wasn't very like pr- impressive. But um, Charles Oliveira's got sick jiu-jitsu. He's lanky. I don't know how lanky he'll be at lightweight, but I don't know how strong Will Brooks' ground game is. Um, yeah, so that should be interesting. But uh, I don't know. I think without the weight cut. Charles Oliveira is going to have a lot more, uh, in, what tells the word, endurance. You would hope. Yeah, I would, yeah, you would hope so. Um, I think he'll be able to get Will Brooks down and maybe submit him or just nullify him to a decision. This is one of these fights where I'd like literally be surprised no matter what. I mean, I would not be surprised no matter what happened. Yeah. Unless Will Brooks submitted Charles Oliveira. That would be pretty that surprising. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Um, that uh, happened to Oliveira kind of recently, didn't it? Yeah, Showtime, and then, wait, it happened back-to-back, I feel like. Uh, Showtime. Yeah, and Ricardo Lamas. Yeah, yeah and Ricardo guilty. Lamas, yeah. They're both guillotines. Yep. Well, we got uh, Tiago Alves making his return to welterweight after a failed experiment, brief failed experiment, uh, down to lightweight when he got beat, missed weight and got beat by Jim Miller. Yeah, and there was no way he was going to make lightweight. No, weight. he barely makes welterweight throughout yeah. his career. Uh, he's fighting Patrick Cote, who's I think this is his first fight since he lost to Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Um, pretty good fight, pretty fun fight here. I think, I actually think Cote's going to win. I think Alves has been too run down yeah, by injuries. He's shot-worn for sure. Even though he beat jo- Jordan Meehan um, in his first re- like return fight, he got... Fucked up by Carlos Condit. He got beat down by Jim Miller. Patrick Cote yeah. is a pretty big welterweight, so I think he's going to weather an early storm and put Alves away late. Yeah, I agree. All right. 
Uh, Jan Blackowitz is fighting Patrick Cummins in a battle of who gives a fuck. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Patrick Cummins is like the weirdest guy for me. I can't wait for him to be gone. Yeah, it, I hate to say that because, I mean, <laughs> he's just trying to make a living, but... Yeah. But I, I do know. have no problem getting in another, another uh, organization, I don't think. Yeah, it's just... Man. He's just not good enough for the... No, no. For the upper class of the UFC. It's, it, it's always boring. Yeah. You know, Blackowitz not bad fighter. Like, he's solid. But even him, it's like... <laughs> so generic uh, I don't know this is like if they were each fighting someone else it might be more interesting but I don't know them together for whatever reason I'm just like this is the least interesting fight on this card for me yeah yeah I don't I don't know it's um I'm pretty sure Jan's I really winning. don't give a shit but all I know if Jan's losing to Gustafson yeah but it was I mean he didn't get blown out no he didn't but uh I can't vote for Patrick Cummings, so I'm going to say he loses. I agree. Uh, last fight to really talk about is Sean Strickland versus Kamaru Usman. Two prospects. Um, Strickland coming off. Uh, check it out for me. I think his last one was when he beat uh, Tom Breeze, the guy we just talked about. Um, I don't know. What's his name? <laughs> Sean, Sean Strickland. Uh, this is a welterweight fight. Um, searching, searching, searching. Yeah, man, searching. What did you want to know? What was his last fight? Yeah, he beat Tom Brees. Okay, it's been a while. Split then. decision. Yeah, that Especially was a, on a three-fight win streak. Yeah, he's, he's, I knew that he hasn't lost in a while, but he. Uh, that was a really good fight between him and Tom Brees. I definitely thought he won the fight, though. Um... He's a good stand-up fighter, tall, lean, lanky. Uh, Kamaru Usman from Ultimate Fighter. Um, he's more of a wrestler, I believe, right? Yeah. I feel like he's going to overpower Sean Strickland, even though I'll be rooting for Strickland. Yeah, uh, I think just, uh, Strickland looks good. I, he's a strong dude. He's fought at middleweight before. I think he's a pretty big welterweight. So I think he's just going to be able to pull it out. All right. I, uh, I'll give two as much. I apologize. I am losing steam as we go ahead here. But we got to finish strong. Yeah, man. We got to switch over to the top five welterweights of all time. Of all time. Um, How how did you uh, handle making this list? Was it tough for you? Yeah, I thought it was. I didn't think it was going to be tough. I thought it was going to be pretty cut and dry. But as I got into it. To a certain like extent. The, the middle of, I mean, the top of the list is pretty much a given. Yeah. But the um, like the the meat of it is kind of tough to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Welterweight, and a pretty what order uh, to put it in. Pretty storied division. I mean, it's pretty much other than light heavyweight. It's probably the cornerstone, I would say, of MMA. Yeah. Um, it's always deep. It's always, lightweight and welterweight always have like a ton of athletes, a ton of talented fighters coming in all the time. Um, yeah, this was. Tougher than I thought. I agree with you. Like, there's certainly some contenders. I could have gone a couple different ways. But uh, I decided to go with John Fitch at number five. John Fitch, wow. Despite, that is surprising. Despite never winning a championship in the UFC, 
but he, for I feel like at a, one point he had like ten or eleven fight win streak. Like he would beat anybody except for Besides GSP. GSP, and he only got one shot at him. So I mean, he got beat down though. He did, he did. But that was the point when GSP was at the top of his powers. And, yeah, and I mean, John Fitch just was the second. He was Michael Bisbing right before. Uh, he only he never got his shot to eventually yeah. get the title. I don't know. It's just that he he would, certainly wasn't the flashiest welterweight ever, and I don't know. He's usually pretty consistent. Yeah, super solid, super consistent. He's annoying in the sense that you look at him, you watch him fight, and it's like, how's he winning all these fights? But he he just did. It. He found a way. Yeah. What's surprising, I wouldn't not think you would have picked it up, bitch. Well, I did, bitch. My number five is a still fighting at welterweights, Damian Maya. Nice. Um, I was debating on where to place him on the list, but I decided on number five just because he hasn't had a title shot there yet. And yeah. the title shot he did have in the UFC middleweight was very lackluster. Mm-hmm. But he looks like a totally different guy at welterweight. True. Um, what is he, like 8-1 at Yeah, something like that. It's, who do you lose to? He lost to... He, oh, remember when he fought John Fitch? He manhandled him. Did he? Yeah, he controlled him on the ground, like had him in, in danger the whole time. Just like uh, patented Damian Maya. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, I mean, he's got the best jiu-jitsu in MMA by far, if you ask me. Him, um, and, him and Jacare. Yeah, I just... I think Maya just uses his better, where Jacare tends to strike a little bit more. Yeah, true. Which no, I mean no fault to him. It's just different, a little bit different styles. Yep. But uh, um, I think he's the most decorated yeah. jiu-jitsu person to fight in MMA. But um, find he's been on a streak. He lost to Roy McDonald. That's who. It was. That's right. Yeah, and that was a First. close fight. He, he, it wasn't a blowout. Oh, and Jake Shields. He lost Jake Shields. That was a bullshit. That was <laughs> that was a bullshit. What? <laughs> I thought he won that fight. I mean, it was, yeah, a, it was a split decision. Very lackluster fight, but I I thought he should have won that. So yeah. But since then he's won six in a row. Neil Magny, Gunnar Nelson. I mean, the Gunnar Nelson fight was pretty surprising to me. I mean, he he got destroyed. Yeah, made him and, look like his bitch. Yeah, and Matt Brown got destroyed. He got controlled the entire fight. Even Carlos Condit. It was crazy. Carlos Condit destroyed him in two minutes, under yeah. two minutes. Crazy, yeah. And nobody Just, does that to these He's people. getting better as he gets older. Definitely is the next deserved title shot at welterweight. If they, if he gets through his next fight, which I think he will, if they don't schedule him for the title fight, that's just bullshit. Yeah, it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's my number five? Nice. Good pick. My number four is 209, baby. Nick Diaz. Nice. Um, he never won, again, never won UFC title. He lost to Carlos Condit in the interim title. Close fight. but um, And he's been on a rough stretch recently, obviously. Hasn't won in a while. Got popped for marijuana, was suspended. But in his prime, <laughs> yeah. In, in his prime, dude was like legit owned Strike Force. Like, yeah, there was Strike a, Force was definitely the high point in his career. Yeah, there was a point when it was like he owned Strike Force, GSP owned the UFC, and it was like one of the biggest dream fights that could possibly even be, be made was Nick Diaz versus GSP. And, and then when they finally made it, it was 
not as competitive as a lot of people thought. But yeah, but, but man, it, it took a while to even get there. I mean, they had scheduled it, and that whole press conference thing happened. And yeah, they've shuffled the whole card around to give Carlos Condit the shots, and GSP tours ACL. So it ended up being Nick Diaz versus BJ Penn, and or was it Nick Diaz versus Carlos first? And yeah, BJ yeah, I think so. And um, no, no, I fought BJ Penn first, then Carlos. Okay. Yeah, but I that just don't think six years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. In the history of MMA, though, when you're looking at welterweight, I just Nick Diaz is a key figure in that division. Oh, absolutely. Whether it was in the UFC or not, so that's why he's my number four. I mean, he's got some of the most memorable antics of all time. His fight Getting against age out of the cage. Yeah, I mean, his fight against Paul Daly, epic. His fight against Robbie Lawler, epic. Yeah, like, his fights against Frank Samrock were awesome. Or his yeah. fight against Frank Samrock, I thought was awesome. I think he KJ Nunes, they were awesome fights. Jake Shields, I believe he beat. Um, yeah, he just was so good at making you fight his game. He never didn't have the biggest knockout power. He had volume, and uh, well, I guess he still does. I don't know why I'm saying in past tense, yeah. but but he would just and pepper he, you, and you would think, much like Nate Diaz, like. You can break through it, but he just was relentless. And his fight against Takanori Gomi at Pride, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. He's got so many, he knocked out Robbie Lawler in 2004. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Um, the only person to knock out Robbie Lawler until Tyron Woodley did. Yeah. I mean, he laid down in the cage against Anderson Silva. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun fight, even if it wasn't great. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the infamous CBS brawl. Live television of Jason Mahan. This stuff happens in MMA sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty know. much. Gus Johnson. MMA back to the standing <laughs> just in terms of live TV. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, yeah, that's a good pick for. Nice. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. My number four is uh, one of the perennial top contenders of the welterweight division, Carlos Condit. Did get the interim title. By beating Nick Diaz in a very close fight, which at first I thought Nick Diaz won, but I could see the argument for Carlos winning that fight. But I mean, he's always been around. He's always been he can beat. He's always been beating the top name guys. He's always consistent. I mean, there's been a few fights where he like when he tore his ACL, um, and then the Damian Maya fight. It kind of sucks as of lately, where his confidence is really down. He says he doesn't know if he can fight against the top guys in the world, which I definitely think he can. Absolutely, he can. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think he's done yet. But uh, he's always been around. He's always been a, one of my favorite fighters, and I like his style. I don't see how you can make this list without mentioning him. I mean, he's a tough dude. Yeah, he's full stop my favorite fighter of all time to watch. And uh, he was honorable mention for me, number six. Just missed nice. the list. The only, I was super close to putting him on there, but... I just think John Fitch in his prime versus Carlos Connett in his prime. Fitch is taking him down, controlling him on the ground. Most yeah, likely. Most likely. Does have that um, uh, fatal flaw. But man, his fight against Robbie Lawler will go down in in the annals of, of time as like one of the best fights of all time. Yeah, definitely. And speaking that was of awesome. speaking of Mr. Lawler, Ruthless is my number three. Nice, nice. Like, he was my number six. Okay. I just feel like, and it's crazy, if you would have made this list three years ago, Robbie Lawler's nowhere near it. Nowhere near it, yeah. But, man, did he come on strong. 
uh, barely loses the the title shot against uh, Johnny Hendricks in his prime, but then beats Roy McDonald twice, or he goes on a streak where he like knocks out Josh Koscheck, knocks out some other guy I can't remember. Then he beats Roy McDonald when Roy McDonald was like the thing, the next yeah. big thing. Then he barely loses to John Hendricks, gets a rematch, and barely wins in an awesome fight back to back. Then he fights uh, Roy McDonald again and just in an epic war. Maybe, again, one of the best fights of all time. Uh, takes him out. Beats Carlos Condit in the epic fight we've talked about. Like, that's the thing about Robbie Lawler. It's never boring. No, I mean, he's literally all or nothing. <laughs> Hendricks, Hendricks 2, McDonald, Condit. I mean, these are wars. Like, of yeah, they were all like fight of the year. Fight games. of the year. For three years in a row, basically. Any yeah, fight he's crazy. in is going to be epic. Love his style. He might not be the most decorated welterweight, but he's been around so long, and he's competed at middleweight, and I don't think he's done yet. I think he got knocked out by Woodley. He's taking some time off. but Yeah, which is definitely smart. Yeah, I think he's got another run in him. So God, He's been fighting for 16 years. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he would ever crack my top two on this list, but... He would. Pro- I think he'll cement himself at number three before long. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth to mention on the list. Um, he's fought the who's who, beating Rory McDonald twice. Like that's big. Yeah, that's huge. And taking it back, the fight with Johnny Hendricks, winning that, beating Carlos Condit, sucked to see him get knocked out by Tyron Woodley, but he took it well, and it definitely was a smart move to take time off. I think. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back. Just and he left his camp, which was weird. Forget why the reasoning for that is, but he left ATT. I don't know where he's at it now. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't think it's been announced. Like, it's not out there. So I think we'll have to figure that out before we figure out his next fight. For sure. But uh, yeah, number three. Number three. My number three is the original Gangster Two Hundred Nine, Nick Diaz. <laughs> nice. Got thrown on the list. Um, like you said, he's been around forever. He's fought. I mean, he dominated strike force and his antics in the cage. His boxing is insane. I mean, he just pieces people up. And even in his wins, he takes him and his brother both take a good amount of damage. They can get beat up and they can take punches with the best of them. Um, and uh, he never won the UFC title, but I mean, it was against George and his takedown defense just wasn't there. And the Carlos Condit fight, you could make an argument either way. I mean, he was it was a bit like the, uh, Stephen Thompson, Tyron Woodley fight. Not boring, but <laughs> yeah. he was, um, Carlos Condit was on the outside circling and uh, Nick Diaz was pressing him, but Carlos was also countering pretty, uh, pretty well. Yep. I had it for Condit. But uh, it was awesome when they announced that Anderson Silva fight. I was like, holy shit, that was like the craziest fight announcement I think I've ever heard. And... Uh, it didn't turn out exactly as planned, but like the early rounds with the taunting and shit, it was awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But, Remember uh, watching it, Green Turtle? Yeah, that was so <laughs> pumped. But I mean, he's the original trash talker. He's awesome. I mean, he's got like all kinds of catchphrases, wolf tickets, all kinds <laughs> of shit. Yeah. It's press conference antics. I mean, it's even stuff like influencing his brother to walk off that press conference with McGregor was in suit and throwing the bottles and shit. I mean, 
Nick Diaz definitely had a hand in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And they've <laughs> that last World Series of fighting card. They got in a fight with like Khabib Nurmagomedov. They were throwing beers and shit at each other. They almost got in a fight with Donald Cerrone in a casino. I mean, it's crazy. Living a uh, life. Yep. So you gotta have Nick Diaz as one of the best welterweights. All right. My number two, my top two are pretty clear cut. My number two is yeah. Matt Hughes. And GSP. Yeah, and number one Same is GSP. Me. I mean, Matt Hughes just cemented himself. Like, he's the OG, basically, at welterweight and was pretty dominant for a while until GSP came around. And then GSP owned that division for years and years. Is obviously one of the best of all time. So, Well, they split the series. They took a fight, right? Yeah, but... It just was obvious when he took over. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was Matt Hughes. I mean, Matt Hughes actually had didn't he have a few more fights after that GSP fight. Oh yeah, because BJ Penn knocked him out. Remember that was BJ Penn's last yeah, win. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Hughes won the first fight and it was close. But then when GSP won the rematch, it was like, okay, there's a new era here. <laughs> oh yeah, for not sure. the not the Machida era. So, yeah, um, um, GSP just unstoppable. It never lost, well, other than the fluke, obviously, to Matt Sarah. I mean, I feel like after that, I don't know if he lost a Matt round. Hughes submitted GSP in the first round. Okay, maybe it wasn't close. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, clearly, GSP learned something from that. Uh, but anyway, you can take the rest. Yeah, he came of- back. He beat BJ Penn um, for a welterweight title eliminator, then beat Matt Hughes to win the title, then lost the title to Matt Sayer. Yeah. Beat, beat Josh Koscheck, then came back, beat Matt Hughes, got his title back, and then went on a tear. Yeah, I don't think he lost a round after that until yeah. Johnny Hendricks or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um I think maybe Carlos Conde came close, but uh, yeah, he probably he lost the third round, too. and Jake Shields. I think he lost the round too. So yeah. forget anything I said this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, Still, I mean, definitely the best welterweight of all time. But I, my piece on Matt Hughes. I mean, he yeah. is like, like you said, one of the original gangsters. I mean, he started fighting in 1998, fought all the way up till 2011. He was like farm boy, strong, tough as nails. Wrestler, um, yeah. Still in the company. I mean, he's definitely a big part of the UFC. He's a Hall of Famer. GSP is definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, too. But um, I think it's pretty clear-cut that they're definitely the number two, two best welterweights of all time. And yeah. I don't see that changing for a long time. Agreed. Any honorable mentions? Yeah, too. I got a few honorable mentions. Um, like I said, Robbie Lawler. You got to... Johnny Hendricks is an honorable mention. Yeah, you do. Um, I mean, as much as I don't like him, he still won the and, title. Still, and his small peak, he won the title. He basically basically beat GSP. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did. Obviously, yeah, I did too. Judges just didn't give it to him. But yeah, in his peak, he was he knocked out John Fitch in one punch, knocked out Martin Cameron. Like for a time there, he was looking like he might be able to. Uh, make it higher up on this list but just yeah, wasn't sure. meant to be um i'm not uh i'm not even gonna say tyron woodley <laughs> he's an honorable I, mention for me tyron woodley i hate it i know um, but just not there yet that's why it's honorable mention 
But, uh, I mean, dude won the title. He knocked out Robbie Lawler. He fought for the strike first title. He beat Carlos Condit, even if it was via bullshit knee injury. Like, he was winning the fight up to that point. So, yeah. As um, much as he's frustrating and he has lackluster performances, in which when he lost to McDo- Roy McDonald and Jake Shields, dude is still talented and he's still good. He's not yeah. quite there yet. Maybe one day he'll put it all together. But Yeah, he's just one of my least favorite fighters of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear <laughs> But uh, I'm going to throw Pat Middletech up there. He's another one of the original gangsters. Although this record's not very good if you look at it. Um, it's like I almost think 50-50 with all He was the first ever welterweight champion. Yeah, yeah. I think that was back when it was like a tournament. It was only two divisions. It was like like a heavyweight and welterweight or something like yeah. that. Something similar Some, to Close that. to that. John Pitts, Jake Shields, both similar. Yeah. I guess you could throw BJ Penn as an honorable mention just for his little foray into foray into the welterweight division against GSP. Yeah, but you got to consider him a lightweight, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. But for the two fights against GSP, I'm just gonna—he's an honorable mention. <laughs> all right. And uh, I had Hendricks, Woodley, and Condit basically, but all the yeah. guys you mentioned, like Maya, it's a really good division. It's yeah, so it gets tough. Like Roy McDonald, Matt Serra, Josh Cott, uh, Josh Cott. <laughs> yeah, like even Wonderboy Thompson could find his way. Yeah, Stephen Thompson. If he rebounds, I mean, there's it's a lot of good talent right there, still going. So and still making their legacies. And uh, who the hell is David Men? I don't know. They have him on the top twenty-five best wheels of baseball team. Maybe never he, even heard of him. <laughs> Must be something there. God, they have Caro Parisian way up here on this list, too. This website's crazy. <laughs> well, he did have a moment for, like, look like he was going to be the next big thing. Hayato Satoria? Well, maybe Ever Pride. No, maybe some of these guys are Pride, you know. Pride never die. Yada, yada, Hayato yada. Hayato He is apparently the number 12 best wealth rate of all time, according to Fight Metrics. I've got to figure out who this guy is. Yeah, he was in Pride. Yeah, see, that was before my time. I didn't really watch Pride, so. I mean, his most notable wins, Roy O'Chonin. Who? Lost. Roy O'Chonin, the guy that submitted uh, Anderson Silva with the flying heel hook. Oh. You never saw that? No, I didn't. Probably the most the sickest submission I've ever seen. It was really? In Pride, like, before, uh, way before Anderson was in the UFC, it was, they were, like, standing up and... This Roy O'Chonin did like this bicycle scissor to a heel hook, and Anderson Silva was tapping like immediately. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. You should definitely look it up. It's your rematch. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did. He's, I, I mean, Anderson now. beat him in a rematch. He's probably like 50. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Yeah, that was fun. Um, good episode. Yeah, absolutely. Look, What's look, coming up next? Coming up next. Coming up next. Um, next podcast will be, I guess, UFC 210. Yeah, we'll I mean, re- 211. Recapping 210, and we'll be previewing 211, which, as we've said, is absolutely stacked and getting more so by the minute. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that. But there's definitely some good cards coming up starting this weekend. So Yeah, for sure. So hopefully we can get back into the thick of things here. Absolutely. Let us know what you guys think about your top five welterweights of all time. Yeah, shoot them to us. If you disagree with us, agree with us, let us know. If uh, you disagree with anything we said or have any ideas for any future podcast, 
Give us a shout. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube page? I've been putting them out. Yeah. So, follow uh, us on Twitter. I'm at Brooks Family. I'm at The Oriole Report, and you can find the podcast at Red Belt Report. Subscribe on iTunes. Email. Oh, this is so out of order, but <laughs> email us at TheRedBeltReport at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, until next time. And we will have updated rankings before the next podcast. You heard it here. <laughs> now we have to do it. <laughs> All right, see you later.
they think of my lord when they mention me This is Friday music, survival music And I was forced to do this, I was built to do this And I know it's war ahead, but God gon' get me through it And I brought my cross with me, gon' and nail me to it Cause I ain't turning back I don't care if they got 50 ratchets at me Bout to knock off my fitted hat I ain't turning back I don't care if they got 50 ratchets on me Gon' and knock off my fitted hat